in a game, you're like, I'm going to go around the car and I'm going to go around the car this way. Yep. And then like a game like Tarkov, you're like, oh, there's a curb. I'm going to run what over I the, do? <laughs> the, the one the, the one stair so that I can get up because the curb is might as well be the Great Wall of China. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast, a show dedicated to talking about all the poggers things in life, like music, content creation, and video games. I am one of your co-hosts, Jesse Kazam. And I am Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. <coughs> Jabba the Hut. Jabba the Pizza Hut. Pizza the Putt. <laughs> What's up, man? How you That's doing? nothing. That's that was that was a nothing. That was it. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've been live nonstop since basically the last podcast. This is like... What's that been like? Tell me all about it. <clears throat> Dude, it's good. It's been good. Um, it's I been... opened up your stream once and saw like pitch black with like <laughs> yeah. a couple of like PC lights or something yeah. in like the corner. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm, I either have to commit to wanting to watch to see him like you know, get up, scratch his ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on camera, or I need to shut it off right now. Yep. So, yeah, hundred percent. No, yeah. <laughs> so I, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this, but uh, it, I mean, it's been a blast as far as like just like goofing off and hanging out with chat. And a bunch of people were like, a bunch of people were like, wait and like do the subathon when the wipe hits. Like, you know, do it after the wipe, catch all the you know the views and and the hype. And I was kind of like the opposite. I was like, I'm gonna care so much about the game and unlocking stuff and content and recording YouTube videos after a wipe. I'd rather do it now when I just don't care. I don't care if I die. I don't, we're having BitBot on 24-7. Yeah. Like, it's, it, I can be so much more present with chat than if I was try-harding after a wipe, trying to max my level and, and get the quest done. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it's been, it's been fun just doing that. We've been doing, like, eight to like like six to eight hours of Tarkov every day in the morning and then just like swapping and doing other games doing like just chatting just watching YouTube videos like I had never I had never seen any of the videos from smarter every day you know that YouTube channel bro I that's my my OG favorite channel of all time one of the channels that actually was a huge inspiration for a lot of my shit <laughs> yeah so chat one day was like you should check out this video and then we watched like 10 smarter every day videos so like it's been it's been fun. It's been exhausting because it's been like 15 to 18 hours a day, 18 inches from a screen, you yeah. know, for seven days. But um, but it's Dude, been you gotta like watch, if, if you do that again, you, I don't know if you saw the one that was like how dogs like hear. No, it was like why dogs tilt their head, I think, like when they it's in that video. I, I either thought about doing it and. Or, or actually did it, I don't know, um, in one of the, maybe the Steam Audio video or one of yeah. those videos where he does, uh, Destin does an experiment with his son where his son's blindfolded. Okay. And he stands behind his son and goes like, you know, like claps. Yeah. Either to his right, up, down, like whatever. And he his son points to where it's coming from. And then after that, he took some Play-Doh and just put Play-Doh in, not in his ears, yeah. but just in the folds of oh. the ears. And he was like, and his kid just like, couldn't fucking tell. And it was all about how the folds in your ears are a massive part about how you localize sound. Your brain is able to process like 
all of the refraction Whoa. and all that. Yeah. So if you if you <laughs> fill that up or nullify that in some way, you suddenly lose all localization. And part of part of the whole like dogs tilting their head thing has to do with you know how you can tell left and right when you turn your head. Yeah. But like up and down, you can't. But as soon as you tilt your head, yeah. now you have a little bit of context. Yep. It's louder in this ear. So yeah. I know it's up or whatever. Yeah. So. Whoa. But yeah, you should watch that. That's a, that's a good. I don't that's know what. A good one. It, it was like five years ago. Yeah. Probably 10 years ago now. We watched a bunch of the submarine one where he went in the nuclear sub. And then we watched oh, that whole a, series was sick. a bunch of the baseball one, the supersonic baseball. And then the first one that I watched, the first one they sent me was the 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 recent one he did where he had the two bullets, the bullets. collide. Oh my god! Did I was just like one, shocked. The that one whole where video. they had like a jug full of sprinkles. No. And they shot it. Yeah, it was. I think it was one of the multiple like baseball ones that he did, the supersonic baseball. Mm. And um, it was like a, just a jug, a plastic jug full of like sprinkles, like you put on ice cream. I know every. Everywhere around the, the the country, world calls them different. Yeah, well, yeah, sprinkles. mostly racist things. Um, but yeah, um, and like they like fucking vaporized, and like, it was it was a crazy effect. Insane. Um, the dude, one. I'll oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say the one the the supersonic baseball one. It was crazy that they referenced one of my favorite episode of MythBusters. One just like one of the things that I loved with the aha moment was they were testing the. They were trying to get a ping pong ball to like penetrate a human flesh. Could it, how fast does it have to go? Mm -hmm. And they were building like they couldn't get the speed up. They were building faster, bigger and bigger and longer and longer like air cannons until finally somebody had the idea. One of them where they just took a three foot piece of barrel tube and created a vacuum inside. And oh, then yeah. pop the vacuum on the side. And in that one, with that one three feet of tube, they, they got the ping pong ball to go faster than had the, they had 30 foot long air guns and they just couldn't get it to go faster. And then so when he was making the supersonic baseball one, he referenced that video. And so and then the fact that they they did it that way, it was a combination of air pressure and vacuum sealing. And I was like, oh, that's so sick. That yeah, stuff is cool. fascinating. Dude, I've been watching. I watched like five different um, people doing reaction videos to Interstellar. For some reason, <laughs> like, first of all, yeah. I was mostly intrigued by like, how is anybody going to do a reaction to a fucking movie? You yeah, know, like, yeah. How is Warner Brothers or whoever not like taking this down? But I wonder like if, if <sighs> there's one of those things like when, if someone ever hits like a copy right strike on your channel or not not yeah. a strike but like you get a copyright claim a lot of times it's automated yeah which is why you see videos that are like flipped or you know like whatever yep um <laughs> a lot of times what you can do is because it's automated what you do is you dispute it and then it gets taken off yep while they have a chance to basically dispute it back and then after that you're like you gotta go to court or you know if you yeah. want to um, but because of DMCA, they're basically, you know, YouTube is basically forced to take it down. Um, <clears throat> but I just wonder, like, sometimes with those big companies, even though you generally have the whole this is fair use, it's transformative yeah, um, kind of, you know, argument. It's like, sure it is. Make that case in court. 
yeah. where it's like Disney standing there <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. The brief, with the tie-in briefcase. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you can make that case. And you're like, well, fuck, I guess I'm just not going to fight it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I wonder if if either either they've gotten around the automation because usually it's a full screen camera and then the picture in picture movie. If that helps them get around yeah, the maybe. automation um, or if they're all demonetized. Yeah. Or if they get hit, the people fight them. And then, you know, like, I don't think I've ever had any of the ones that have been copyright hit and then i dispute i don't think i've ever had any of them come back and mm. it's always just like fine it's all you interesting yeah um that is weird that is weird i have no idea how people do i mean i think of the same thing like i love watching the uh have you um <clears throat> i think the 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 youtube uh thomas flight have you seen any thomas flight videos I feel like I have recently. Like, Man. He's one of the guys I just recently watched a bunch of stuff from, actually. Yeah. Let he's me check. very, very good videos. Very, very good videos. But like, I, yes, I have. Yeah. I have. So, like, I've always wondered with channels like that, you know, Every Frame of Painting, Thomas Flight, like, do they do they just get, like, absolutely bopped? Or even Alt-Shift-X, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm sure he does, too. Like, do they just get bopped because they're using footage? Or because that... That there's almost no argument to those types of things that that is transformative, right? But I still feel like they get bopped on the monetization side of things. You're saying so someone like Thomas Flight, like it's it's like indisputably it's like transformative. indisputably transformative. It's it's a pure commentary, yeah. educational. Yeah, it's it's like the epitome of fair use yeah. is like for that exactly. Um, but you know, again, like there are people like. You know Adam Neely by any chance? You ever seen Adam Neely? He does like music, music theory stuff. He's a bassist. Yes, yes. Um, yep. He he's does like you know a video about you know here's why Adele's you know such and such a song is so good. Yeah. He talks about the music theory and he plays like thirty seconds of it and he basically says like this is gonna get demonetized and I'm like there's no way like how yeah you do a twenty minute video talking about the history of like Eastern European yep. Western yep. Like, music theory blah 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 and then you sh you have forty seconds of a song like no way but I'm sure that it's yep. probably bullshit yeah um or he just makes that in the video and says I'm sure this is gonna get taken down and then maybe fights it and it doesn't yeah you know? yeah who knows um. But yeah, no, actually, Thomas Flight is one of the ones I recently got into. Dude, his videos well. are really, really good. His, like, breakdown of, like, everything everywhere all at once was, like, like, unreal. <clears throat> it, it was, like, it was a really, really good breakdown of that movie. And just, like, almost, like, unlocked, like, a whole new view of it. Yeah, it was very good. Because, like, with, with channels like that, it's, like, I know that there's more to movies than I understand on my monkey brain level. Like, I know how it makes me feel. I know what I get out of it. And, and like, it's almost nice to have people like Thomas Flight who are, like, he's really, his channel's so good, but not, like, condescending. So, it's, like, I get my experience of the movie, and then I watch a video from him, and I'm, like, oh, my God. And I get a new experience. And, you know, yeah. it almost makes it, like, his videos make it feel better. Sometimes when you read like critics reviews of things, like they're so just like condescending about everything. They make you feel dumb for liking something. So I like, uh, once again, YouTube saving modern media, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, did you see the video? Why you can't hear the dialogue in tenant? I've seen that thumbnail a million times, but I haven't I'll watched watch that it, one dude. yet. Okay. 
it's so funny and it's one of those things that like i never noticed that it's it's like kind of inconsequential but at the same time it's such a fascinating 13 14 minute long video yes. talking about how it was actually a conscious decision like it's so weird when you watch the clips and you're paying attention to it i'm watching it going this just looks like a really fucking bad amateur scene yeah where you know like people are walking and the music's playing but the music it's like turned up a little too loud yeah and the and the audio from the guys yeah the, like the boom conversation and it's like you can't even hear him. You know, it's like, what the fuck? And then, but he kind of explains how, like, that might be intentional for these reasons. Yeah. And, uh, That's yeah, crazy. There's this whole concept about, like, using, like, dialogue <clears throat> as, like, almost like background. Mm. Like, you don't have to hear what they're saying. An example that he has in the video is there's, like, a scene from a movie, like, an old movie where there's, like, a woman and a man. It's, like, an old romance movie on a dock. And, like, the man is like screaming at the woman and she's like kind of overwhelmed. And all you hear is like the, I forget what it is. It's like the, it's either like the horn of a boat yeah. passing by or something. And you just can't hear the guy. He's just screaming and she's just like overwhelmed. And you, you would think that like, I can't hear what he's saying, Yeah, like, but it doesn't actually matter. What yeah. He's saying. Um, yeah. There's yep. just so much to that. That uh, Did you see the movie cool. uncut gems with Adam Sandler? No, the Safty Brothers one, where he was the uh, he was like the jeweler in New York, and uh, he had like a gambling addiction, and he. No, but I Bro. recently saw. Did he do a video about that? Because I recently saw a video about like why Adam Sandler. Like, did you watch the the video of the Adam Sandler paradox? Did you watch that YouTube video? Is that what you're talking about? Maybe that's a great video. Was that a different channel? Well, Uncut Gems is a movie, and then. That they, yeah the, the no, I mean different from oh, Thomas no Flight. yeah that's different than Thomas Flight that's a newer creator if you haven't oh, seen that that's that, really good uh, dude, anyways how is the YouTube algorithm yeah like, such overlapping where like I just saw that video yeah now... Uncut Gems is interesting because um <sighs> I've heard I've seen in interviews them talk about because like they're they're just speaking of sound design their thing is like New York City so like there's loud cars loud manholes all this stuff. But then also, it's very real. Almost the entire movie, there's there is almost never one person talking. It's always five different people talking over each other, just like you would think would happen in New York. And it's it feels very different. It's very abrasive. Uncut Gems was not the movie I thought it was. It's basically anxiety for two hours, just stress and anxiety. You will hate every second of it, and then you'll be like, "That was a fantastic film." Like it's just like it was. It's so anxious the story is so interesting but everybody's talking all the time because they're all fighting all the time and like his his wife is talking over him and he's talking and they start yelling and then he owes money to these these to these guys and so they come and they strip him down of his clothes and they're like gonna break his legs and they're all yelling and talking and it's like it you just don't realize how often in movies it's just like your turn to speak my turn to speak your turn because it's I, a screenplay I, it's a adam what are you doing here Joseph exactly takes a, takes a beat but like i can't yeah, imagine the what the script looked like because they're all talking all the time at the same time it was a crazy ride of a movie it was like that um what's the the weird text generator it starts with a z zalgo you ever seen zalgo text no oh, or maybe okay. i haven't didn't know what it was called um this is zalgo text let me, I'm going to put it in your chat. 
God damn it. <laughs> I'm a VIP. Why did I get deleted? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I've seen that. I actually think that we have like that type of stuff. Oh, I've seen that before. It's fucked up, yo. Get wrecked. Yo, what kind of sophisticated bot do you have? I don't even know. That, that auto detects Zalgo. I don't even know. I just at least I can do it on my channel. That's crazy. I have seen that before. Yeah. This is Zalgo. That's what the script that's what the yeah, script looks yeah, like. For uncut gems. It's just yeah. nonstop. Nonstop. <sighs> Anyways, that was a long trail. Subathon has been great. We've been cruising and having a blast. What have uh what have you been up to? Just been in fucking Diablo land still, man. Yeah. I'm like I'm like experiencing so much of what I experienced back in the day when I first kind of got into Tarkov mm. with Diablo. That's cool. And I'm trying to for better and or worse. Yeah. Um so I'm like working on the No Man's Sky video like it while in tandem like thinking about other things. Yeah, just like loving Diablo. Like, it's like a little overwhelming, but um but what I what I like if I'm honest, part of the reason why I started content creation specifically for Tarkov was because so many resources related to Tarkov <laughs> were just dog shit. Yeah. Or, or they didn't exist. Or they didn't exist, yeah. You literally had, like, Deadly Slob was, like, the only good source of anything. The wiki... And at the time had like Anton's armor videos. Of, <laughs> yeah, and Anton and like three of Anton's armor videos. Yeah. And then that that's like it. There was yeah. no no explanation about what like Comtax did or how like the recoil, like all that shit, right? So that was part of why I got into it was like someone needs to explain this better. Someone needs to actually explain this at all. Yeah. Um and I started to experience what I'm experiencing with Diablo which is how god-awful content creators are at making educational I content, saw you tweet something about this, beginners. yeah. Yeah, I somehow, I, okay, first of all, somehow it was a controversial tweet, apparently. Yeah, well, like, of course. Like, these days when I tweet random shit, um, I, I tend not to get, like, random trolls or yeah. whatever, like, but for some reason, uh, there was just more than I expected people upset with the fact that I said that. So I tweeted, I don't think that most content creators who make beginner's guides know what the word beginner means or have any real understanding of how they or anyone else actually learns the things they're making guides about. Yeah. I didn't think that was like a controversial fucking like it was probably everybody who just watched a beginner guide thought you were talking about that person, you know what I mean? It was like Well half the comments were like, He's still complaining about Tarkov beginner guide. Like, oh, that's bro, I funny. Even thought about that's Tarkov, my funny, man. dude. Yeah. Yep. No, but like one of the things that and I actually gave like an example, um, unrelated as a response to somebody else because they were like asking kind of like what I meant. And what I did was I gave an analogy for like the, what I'm seeing in Diablo in Tarkov terms. Okay. Um, oh, let me see if I can find it. Dude, I hate how Twitter, when you click on it and you keep scrolling, it like auto fills 
the replies with like random tweets yeah. in like, the feed. It's like when your, did your that tweet start happening? now becomes the new the news feed. A new feed. And it's, and I it's hate really that and too. half the time it's like adjacent to what your tweet is about. So you think You don't like, even know. Am I really oh, Dr. Disrespect is responding yeah. to my tweet? Like yep. what the fuck? You know? Bro. Um I hate that too. But I'm not gonna be able to find it. But basically I responded with something along the lines of like Imagine if there was a beginner's guide that was like, all right, everybody, first thing you're going to want to do when you get into Escape from Tarkov is going to, you know, equip a gun, equip some magazines with some ammo, go in offline mode and just run around and shoot some scabs. Like, get used to the mechanics. Um, and then once you do that and you feel comfortable, you're going to want to make sure you go to Lighthouse, go to all the top tier loot spots so that you have everything for your tier three fucking hideout upgrades. And you're going to want for the Jaeger quests that you're going to want to do 17 things. And it's like, you just skipped. Yeah. Like what is offline mode? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> how do I reload a magazine? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. people just, yep. It, it, they it, there's like this weird identity crisis with like beginners guides. Yeah, where it's like this is the ultimate beginners guide. I'm going to assume that you have been playing for 150 hours. Yeah, we talked. Well, I think we talked talked about that because it's not a conscious thing. We talked about that. Um, and, and since we had this conversation on the podcast, I, I'll be willing to get into it a little bit more. Another Tarkov analogy is it's easy to make money in Tarkov. When you hit a certain knowledge threshold, threshold, it is undoubtedly easy to make money in Tarkov. But below that knowledge threshold, it is the farthest thing from easy. You know what I mean? Like, and people really can't understand that that exists. It's my second wipe and I have 50 million rubles. What do you mean? It's easy. But it's like, do you remember what it's like to, on your third customs raid? You know what I mean? You're like, just go lighthouse. You know what I mean? It's like, wh what are the rogues? What am I looking for? What's good? How do I reload a magazine? How do I check my fire rate? You know what I mean? Like, what happens if my gun jams on my scav rate? Like, there's just so much we just skip. It's just easy. Just just make money. And it's like, but it, it is you easy, it best. but not for everybody. You said it best when you said that they forget what it's like. Yeah. Period. That's it. Yeah. They, people, and that's what I meant when I, when I said. Yeah. Have any real understanding of how they or anyone else actually learns the things they're making the guides about. Yeah. So like, um, and this is because I am in a, in a weird spot with Diablo where I have a ton of experience with like Diablo games. And I've seen enough to know a bunch of different concepts, but also like the game's only been out for a couple of weeks. There's a lot of stuff that's like, I don't know how that fucking works. Yeah. So I'm still watching guides while at yeah. the same time understanding how guides are made while at the same time not being a beginner, but still wanting some of that base knowledge on specific things that I've just for haven't sure. looked into. Yeah. So I, and I'm seeing like one of the videos I saw um, was it was like a 27 minute video and it was like the ultimate beginner's guide to Diablo. And the first thing was like, the first 45 seconds was you want to play through the campaign, the main storyline, yeah. because, you know, you learn, you explore the map, yeah. you progress your character. And I'm like, boom, that's exactly what I would have put as the first bullet point. Right. Yeah. And then he's like, the second thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go and go to all of the dungeons so that uh, these specific dungeons that have the associated legendary aspects in them for your build to optimize your blah 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 That's and it's step like two <laughs> like we're not even two minutes into the video yeah and the guy's 
talking about things that like what's a what's a legendary aspect why would i go to a dungeon to get whatever yeah. that is is that a statue is it a sword what yeah. is a legendary you know, it's like they just skip over all of this shit yeah and and the thing is is that so many people what happens is they watch the video and they know nothing the guy throws a hundred things at them they walk yeah. away with three bullet points and they're like, sick, dude, I came away with something awesome. Yeah. And it's like they almost do them a disservice because then the people walk away like the Tarkov people, which is like, well, you just do pistol runs on shoreline, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, what do you mean yep. PVPing on customs, dealing with malfunctions and yep. making sure that you can finish this other quest? Like, what do you mean, dude? I'm just I thought you just grab a backpack and go to shoreline and loot stuff. Yep. Wait, there's guns in this game? That is literally what happened to me. My first like week of this game, I was hatchet running factory. You could still shove stuff up your butt and die. Like I was literally just hatchet running factory of all places, looting the like four weapon crates that are on factory and just dying over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and, and so the, the really sad part is because I have so many people that come into chat playing Diablo that are saying, I'm at this point in the game and I can't progress anymore. I am bored and I don't know what to do. And the reason why is largely because they came into the game expecting, like going to a beginner's guide and seeing somebody who is running the meta stuff that they spent 100 hours farming that they used. Yeah. 15 different systems in the game. 15 is an exaggeration. Nine systems in the game. Yeah. In order to get the items that they have on their character. So all these new people see these videos. They don't understand half of the stuff they see. Then they go to get a build guide because that's what most of the people do. Yeah. They go and they look at a Diablo build guide. That tells them where they put their skill points and what gear they need yeah. in all of their slots. The people don't realize there's 150 different things that goes yeah. into getting that sword in that slot with those four stats yeah. socketed with those two gems for that reason yeah with that legendary aspect on it how they were able to do that it's literally like a 10 step process yeah and they just take all of that for granted so the people they expect i know that when i kill a thing items drop so far that item that I saw on the guide hasn't dropped. Yeah, exactly. They must just be so much better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they have this godly gear. They're or they better might, or they're luckier. What we talked about last week, if you don't understand how the systems function, you might, like, like you, we, we talked last week about how, like, you could create your own build that's maybe 97% as effective. So, like, they might get those things and sell them. You know, this yep. aspect is like 97% as good, but it's not the one I saw in the guide. And it's not that build guides are bad. It's just that build guides aren't beginner's guides. Like if a beginner yeah. wants to watch a build guide and they want to skip over, that's on them. But if you want to create a beginner guide, we have to recognize that understanding the systems is as important. That's why like people, some people get weird about it when I say, but most people don't. When When they ask me things about Tarkov, what's the... How do I increase my survival rate? How do I make money? How do I do this? It's never a map. It's never anything. It's like practice survival. Like 
Try avoiding fights if you're uncomfortable with them. Take fights that you feel like you can win. Clip your deaths. Figure out what you did wrong. Surviving with a bag full of nonsense is so much better than me telling you there's a Ledex spawn here. Go yeah. run that Ledex spawn. maxing all of your slots. Yeah, and, and it's like, just, pra just practice playing the game, and those things come. The, the more you survive, the more money you're making, I promise you. You know what I mean? Then, you know, running 11 shoreline runs, finding one Ledex, dying the other 10 times. Like, scav customs and leave with an MBSS full of stuff. It's probably almost as much as the Ledex was. And you can do that 10 out of 10 times. You know what I mean? As long as you don't die, which there's, I do all the time. And there's, like, overlap between what we talked about a couple weeks ago after I got my hair cut, right? We were talking about, like, the whole... Are these companies have this nefarious master plan to do whatever? Oh, like, yeah. There's a, part, there's a part of me that that like for a moment was thinking that these people are intentionally doing these other people a disservice by like feeding them the garbage that they're going to soak up and they're going to be so excited for without realizing yeah. that it's terrible. Um, but I, I genuinely just think that they can't empathize yeah they don't hard. remember what it was like when you were sitting there watching somebody super knowledgeable talk about oh yeah i got this item by doing this and by doing this and by doing this and i rolled the legendary aspect yeah. and i went to the enchanter and i re-rolled the item and i was looking for damage reduction but not damage reduction from close because of the stacking of the yeah. armor max you know like whatever right and thinking oh my god i have no idea what any of that meant yeah they don't know what it's like to be completely and utterly overwhelmed by everything yeah they just assume that the people want to know what sword do I need? And it's yeah. like, bro, there you you just need so much more than that. Yeah. And compare that to like the, the people who like you know the people who do those videos where there's like the super shredded shirtless guy who's like, I do this like one simple thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These abs, you know, all and it's you like, gotta do is some apple cider vinegar. <laughs> Yeah, drink this one, you know, fucking whatever, this one shake protein thing. And it's like everything. And it's like, but he's not telling them that he works out twice a day and sees a dietitian yeah, and, and has a steroids. professional chef. Yeah, <laughs> and, and exactly. Right. He spends nine hours of his day preparing meals, focusing on stuff just so that he can work out yeah. and do all it like. But he makes you think that you can achieve that by doing some crunches and drinking this protein shake. Yeah. That's what the beginner's guides are for every single game. Dude. It's like, yo, here's what you got to do. And it's like, and, but people say, well, you think you know better than that guy? It's like, no, that guy's got shredded abs. But yeah. I can tell you his advice is dog shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, this other guy's a, got a higher level druid than me. Yeah. But his advice for you is dog shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, 100%. And it's hard. It's hard because it's such a subconscious thing. Like I do it all the time when people ask me for advice. It's such a it's such an amalgamation of all the things we've talked about, just like what media and content is like. We've talked in the past about how like data mining and just like YouTube or the some of the negative side effects of that for gaming is just like the race, the, the view race. So it's just the most the best information. And by best, I don't necessarily mean quality, but like the information of the best builds, the best this, the best that. The streamer, yeah. the streamer conversation, right? Where it's like, if you've been asked a thousand times, you know, we go back to like 12.0 days, drops happen. We had 200,000 accounts, you know what I mean? New, new people playing the game. The 4,700th time you were like, what are your tips for beginners? It wasn't the, the, it was just like, 
go play the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and so it's up. I do it all the time. So I'll, I'll be like, go offline and just do this. And they'll, they'll be like, what's offline? And I'm like, okay. Boom. I, take a step I, back. I can't, t I can't have this conversation right now while I'm playing. Go check out a YouTube guide. I'm not trying to like, uh, like, I'm not trying to shoot you away. It's just like, I, yeah. I do recognize that my little quick one shot answers probably aren't the best thing for you. So like it's, and then you have, it's like, it's like all the different quadrants. And then one of the quadrants is like the people who just want the build guide who are like, well, you first really need to understand this. And they're like, just tell me what gear to have. And it's like, okay, you don't want to, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, watch this video. Yeah, so. You don't need a beginner guide. Yeah. You, that's an intermediate guide. Yeah. You need, but yeah. the thing is, is that when you say intermediate guide, first of all, you've lost a massive portion of your audience. What, what Blizzard actually said, because Blizzard recently had, like, the devs had, like, a, they called it, like, a fireside chat or whatever, where... Oh, that's cool. They, they talked about a bunch of the updates. They're, like, addressing a, a ton of the huge concerns that, that people have had. They talked that's about a bunch dope. of bugs. But one of the things they said was... So, like, typically when you... If you play through the campaign, you're going to be somewhere between, like, level 40, level 50-ish once you're, like, done with the campaign. And that's when, like, yeah. the game starts, basically. Yeah. Like... Like the, you can, you can take hours, hours and hours and hours. People can play the campaign, get to level 50 and never play again. And that could be like enough for them. Right. Yeah. That was like how a Nintendo game used to be back in the day. For sure. You play it for 12 hours and you're done. What's right? the replayability of, what do you mean? Yeah. I play, I beat it. What's the end game of I, Ocarina I beat of it. Time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once you get to 50, then the grind from like 50 to 100 and the whole gameplay cycle around that is a million other much more complicated things that some people choose to get into, some some people don't. But one of the the interesting things that they said was, look, far and above, the vast majority of players playing Diablo 4 right now haven't beat the campaign yet. And yet 99.9% .9 of the Diablo All content guys? is how to maximize the end game. Yeah. So it's like there's such a fucking yep. There's just such a massive divide. Yeah. It's like genuinely feel like the content creators are out of touch. That's <laughs> like yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, when like uh, it's, yeah, same thing with Tarkov, right? Where like so many more people are lower level. Like probably the same thing, right? Like here we are six months into a wipe. I would bet that it's a well over fifty percent. I would say it's probably eighty percent of the players that played Escape from Tarkov at some point during this wipe didn't hit max traders. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, let alone got capped. Yeah. Up, let, right? Yeah. Let alone got capped. So yeah, that's interesting. That's super yeah, interesting, right. man. You know, what's funny is like when you first started talking about like, this was just like a little tidbit thought, like when you first started talking about Diablo again and like all the different stuff and the, the aspects and the gear and all these different mechanics and systems, it just kind of like what hit me immediately was like, man, like this is some of the scuffedness of Tarkov is why we fell in love with it. Because it's like the closest thing to like an MMO shooter where there's like just such a dump of information where like when I look at Diablo and I look at the you hover over a piece of an item and it's just like what information. I'm like, what? And if you're excited about the game, that gets you excited because, you know, you have a mountain of information to climb. I think there's a lot of people that like that. They they, they want sure. they want the thing they're about to get into to, to be deep because they know that they'll be able to chew on it for a really long time. And I, and I think like when you're new to Tarkov, it feels that way. So you you overlook a little bit of the just, it's all so scuffed. And it makes me sad because then, then it just makes me go, man, if they would just embrace that, 
if they showed in game all the ammo stats, the fragmentation, the pen chance, if they showed all the durabilities and the calculators for like this armor, because it would look like an MMO, this armor, ultra, ultra high weight polyethylene. It has these resistances. It's going to, you know, it, it's going to, the durability is going to crush this quickly. Like if they would just like present that information in a halfway decent UI, it would feel like an MMO shooter and that would feel dope. But they hide it and they obfuscate it. You're so it right. And well, not even that. It's worse in that it's so... Like, they give the illusion of that in many ways. Yes, which is because, why people like, feel like, it at first. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like Diablo, you know, if you click on materials and stats, it's a pop-out window that you can just scroll. And I can see... Um, let's see vulnerable damage my vulnerable damage on my on my character is 225.2 percent there's a tool tip when i hover over that that says this is extra damage granted against vulnerable enemies has a base value of 20 percent you have a 205.2 percent of this stat are from your items and from your paragon points like and then there's a hundred other things right there's damage yeah. versus physical damage with basic skills damage with cutthroat skills damage reduction versus poison Damage reduction, like there's yeah. just a million things, and but the thing is, is because because they have actually properly designed these systems to be yeah. coherent enough to be understood by people and yeah. to be built around. That's what makes the game so rich and so exciting and yeah. so deep. Whereas Tarkov, they didn't build it to be understood by anybody, which is why nobody understands yeah. it. It's just convoluted. Yeah, and they didn't fucky. build the systems to be understood. But if they had, it really would like feel like that. Because like, because I was thinking about that. I was like, why? I was like, there's enough. I mean, I know the answer to the question. I'm not actually wondering this, but like, there's enough systems and information for there to be build guides about Tarkov. I like this oh, yeah. armor because it's light and the the movement speed and the reduction. I like this helmet over the U-lock. Everybody wears the U-lock, but I like this one. I sacrifice the ears, but you get a little bit faster turning speed. I like this ammo. It's the velocity. But because none of that, like, like that would be so sick. Like, you know, like a tier two build guide, you know, tier two trader build guide. That would be such good content. That would be so cool. That would, oh, that would be so cool. But we don't know the things and the people that do know are, are just like, you know, it's just too, it's too much. And, and it's and, too much to try to explain to even you. If, you don't want to know. And if you did a build guide, it would be filled with comments about why this is better. That's better because those people don't have access to that information. So they, or why is this so long? Yeah, exactly. When it could have been a six minute video. Dude, somebody just put something in my chat and it blew my mind. This would be so sick. He said, buddy and I were, were talking the other day about having the ability to put armor on your target dummies in the range. And then shoot them with different ammos. Pick it up and see what the durability... That would be so sick! Like, we were talking about that today in Diablo because there actually are questions. There are some things that they need to improve. That are. It's like, how do certain things work? We're not sure if they're bugged or what. Yeah. And, and it's still early enough where they're like working out a lot of the things and balancing a lot of the yeah. things. But like, I, I had to try to figure out... Compare two swords where there's one sword... That it's, it's it's a there's a dagger and the dagger attacks faster. Okay. And then there's a sword which attacks slightly slower. The sword does more damage, but the dagger attacks more. Yeah. The sword has plus dexterity, plus basic skill damage, critical strike damage, and vulnerable damage. 
And then the dagger has critical strike damage, damage to close enemies, dexterity, and core skill damage. Which one's better? Yeah. <laughs> 22.7 core skill damage and 83 dex? Or 81 dex and 37 basic skill damage? Uh, yeah. How do I know? You know, it's yeah. like, so these are things where, like, I would need a fucking battle body calculator, which I'm thinking about fucking doing. <laughs> I, I just don't know if people have data mined all of these things. Yeah. Um, or you need like a target dummy because in, in this game, when you slash something, the fucking numbers pop up. Yeah. You see, so, so you see, see like 100, 100, 100, 1500, like, Ooh, I got a crit like sick. Yep. That was a lot of damage. Um, but it's also like data overload and it's hard yeah. to, you know, it's not like you can just walk up to one thing and isolate yeah. it. You're usually just surrounded by 800 mobs. Enemies, so it's just numbers. Buffing stats and debuffing yeah. stats. And as you casting skills, if you open up that little materials and stats window, if you start running, all of a sudden my energy regeneration value, that percentage changes because I have a fucking stat on my boots that changes your energy regen when you're While moving. So it's moving. like, there's a lot. But again, all of that matters. And it's such a shame that like that not only is that stuff in Tarkov basically meaningless in yeah. terms of the complexity and your ability to understand it, but also the fact that you die and you lose it all also just makes it all meaningless as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. At least in Diablo, I'm going to play for yeah. 20 hours with this gear. Yeah. The decision I make is relevant. True. So part of what I wanted to do, dude, is I like imagine playing because there's there's all the talk about all the people playing hardcore. Diablo. Yeah, yeah. Um I would love it if there was either like a mode in Diablo or even like someone makes another game that's like fucking uh uh ARPG shooter Tarkov like thing where in 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 hardcore Diablo you're dying. You know, some people get a hundred levels, they get to level one hundred without dying. Yeah on a hardcore character, right? Some people die at level two, yep. you know, and it's like, well, we're all the new character. Yep. Th that like is actually a really cool array, like a range of the amount that you die. Whereas if you think about like not like softcore Diablo, you have your or like a game like Skyrim or uh -huh. you die, you don't lose anything. So like you can be fully invested in all of your stuff. Yep. Um. But then there's like no risk and reward that hardcore kind of gives you. Yep. It would be so cool if there was a hardcore mode where you die, you lost all your gear, but your character stays. So you have to farm gear yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yep. It's the perfect balance where it's like, yeah, because you can you can run a thousand dungeons without dying, or you yeah. can run one and die. It's the perfect balance. Yeah. Tarkov would be amazing if you could pick like a loadout and use it, but then it's not Tarkov anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But if you could run a hundred raids with a loadout and then you die and you lose it, well now suddenly it's like a little bit more interesting. Yeah. What's it's what's, like this weird, it's the middle ground. What between, exists between those lines where what's between, I don't care because if I die, nothing happens or I care about everything because if I die, I lose everything. What exists between those? That's a really fascinating idea. I, when what I what I think I'm literally gonna like tweet this at like the the devs because I think this would be a really cool feature. Um, I recently have done a few, like do a bunch of dungeon runs just like farming with three other people, so we have a group of four. Um, 
and it made me think about this mode because I want to try hardcore, but like not when my computer's crashing and my mouse is dying and I'm half paying attention, you know, like I die all the fucking time. So, yeah. and I'm also impatient. Um, so I, I would just get myself killed by being like, I could just go grab that item really quickly yep. next to the exploding mob that one shots yep. everybody in every montage. Yep. Um, but I would love to play a, a version of hardcore in Diablo where if you die, so the the way that the way that it works now, um, you can run these things called nightmare dungeons, where it's basically like upgrades a dungeon to like a much harder version, and yeah. you get additional stuff at, at the end. Um, but you have a certain amount of revives before it's over, and like mm. you, so you have to like consume this this consumable yeah. item that you can craft. That's like upgrade a dungeon. Let me go, and then the higher level ones. There's four revives. There's been a couple times where I've died four times and it's like, fuck, like I just lost it. Yeah. I can't go back in there. Um, now we went in and we did dungeons where like our characters were level 80 and like the the mobs were like level 107 or something, which is like yeah. if they hit you, you die. Yeah. Like you can't get hit. Yeah. And you sit there and you're like step, 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 step. And, you're, and their health is going like, oh on, like the gosh. trash mobs, the 10 trash mobs surrounding Jeez. the elite, you know, Um and so all of us were dying and there were, but there were a couple moments where, but you can walk up to the like ghost of the dead body of your teammate and revive them. And that doesn't cost a revive. It's only if they hit the revive me a checkpoint button. Gotcha. That it consumes that. So there were times where we were out of revives and I'm, we're all going around and all of a sudden it's like dead, dead, dead. And I'm the last one. And I'm like, ah, like I gotta stay alive. Yeah. It was for a moment, a brief moment, a you, percentage yeah. of hardcore where it's like, I can't fucking I die. I can't die. Yep. And for five minutes, I'm kiting around. I have no energy. I have no potions. And I'm just kiting around the enemies like, oh God, Dude. oh God. And so I can like kill one. Yep. And that was like a taste of hardcore. It'd be awesome if there was a mode where you just can't self revive. Oh. So as long as as long as one of your teammates stays alive, you are all alive. Yeah. If you want to be hardcore, then go play soul, you know, solo yeah. self-found hardcore. If you die, you die fine. For sure. But there's a more casual hardcore yeah. mode that I just think that'd be fucking rad. That would be dope. That's super interesting. That's super I want to do that so bad. What's between hardcore and like casual? And imagine Maybe a Tarkov. Fun. Yeah. Imagine a Tarkov like that, where if there was like defibrillators. Yeah. Yeah. Like that almost in a way. I mean, granted, you're getting a squad wipe is far <laughs> more common than like a squad wipe in, in Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. Um, but again, at the same time, that also kind of brings it up to the level of like, if you have a good enough squad and you're doing certain maps, then yeah. you might be able to have a, a set of gear actually last you like two hours, which is like unheard of, you know, yeah, for like, yeah, yeah, for so many people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that'd be interesting. That's super cool. That's super interesting. That's cool, man. I'm glad. I'm glad Diablo is, uh, is still scratching the itch. We, uh, we have had quite a few, uh, quite a few Tarkov shenanigans going on this week. However, before we move on into Tarkov, I do want to take a second and thank the first sponsor of today's episode, and that is Babbel. Um, for most of us, learning a second language probably reminds you of high school, or at least for me, or college, and wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Ideals mio. Ideals mio. Yeah, I took like three years of Spanish, and I don't remember uh, a single thing. Babbel is a language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. 
and uh, the way they do it is really, really cool. So they try and make it fun, but they don't try to gamify it too much that you're not really like learning things like comprehension and conversation. So they have, have done a really good job of trying to strike that balance. 15 minute lessons make it perfect to do like you can do it on the go. You can do it with some headphones in. You can commit to doing it, you know, daily or every other day or however much you want to do it. They've got expertly crafted lessons that are built around how people talk to each other, practical conversations about travel, relationships, business, and stuff like that. They've, um, so they've really spent a lot of time trying to make it. I think it's really cool. I poked around in the app quite a bit. It's awesome. It's funny because I've always wanted to like learn a second language. Like I've always wanted, if I have time, I just feel like, I don't know why that's so fascinating to me. Just like mastering that. It's just, it's like, it's almost like a, it's one of the most valuable skills you could ever learn. It's like a skill point in real life. Like it, it almost like feels like that, right? It feels like an upgrade to my character. That's such a, like I can learn a thing on YouTube and I'll forget it. I can figure out how to change my brake pads and I'll forget it. Right. But that's such like a permanent, cool life skill to achieve is to like become fluent yeah, in man. a second language. So, yeah, super, super valuable. Um, And I, yeah, like like you said, I poked around uh, on the website. I, I one of these days I really got to dive in and I really want to yeah. because uh, just because how, how life changing it can be uh, and the opportunities that it opens up to you. Yep, You know, to be able to to be able to effectively communicate with another massive percentage of humanity, a huge percentage right? of humanity <laughs> yeah um so it's really cool you can choose up to 14 different languages spanish uh french italian german and many more they have speech recognition technology that helps you improve your pronunciation so you actually speak it and your phone the app it can be like you know this word say it like this uh, it's really cool. I love this kind of stuff. I think we on the podcast, uh, you know, look at our content. We're both, uh, very happy to advocate learning. Uh, so Babel is really, really cool. So right now you can get up to 55% off your subscription. When you go to babble.com slash podcast, that's babble.com slash podcast for up to 55% off your subscription. Babel language for life. Thank you so much, Babel, for sponsoring this episode. Hmm. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Yo, have you seen um have you seen there's a YouTube channel that like I fell down a rabbit hole a while ago and I've been seeing shorts coming from his channel for a while now. Um where it's like he's just like this random white dude that knows like nine obscure dialects of like Mandarin. I think and, so. And you see him like walk into like a food shop yeah you know somewhere in asia right and they're speaking this thing and they're kind of like a lot of times they're making fun of them a little bit yeah. or they're talking about whatever and he just jumps right into like the su southwest taiwanese yeah suburb of whatever that dialect and you see they're all like yo what the fuck yeah yeah dude I it's like a superpower it's almost yeah, like man. mind reading if you can understand i have seen that um <clears throat> Cool. So uh, Tarkov has been quite eventful these past few weeks uh, that the Bloodhounds thing is still happening. The whole like they're are they just going to be in the game like forever? I now? think so, which is awesome, which is awesome. We went because th these like I know we like to, you know, <laughs> we talk a lot about the, the faults of, of BSG, but like we I was playing with uh, my buddy Ben and Seal. And we, he needed insomnia kills. He's trying to get Kappa, you know, before a wipe. He needed insomnia kills. So we go night somewhere. 
And he was like, let's go Knight Customs because we might get Rashala. And if not, we might get the goons. And if not, we might get the bloodhounds. And if not, we might get the cultists. And I was like, that's sick. There's a lot that can happen on a customs raid. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. that's just so sick that like 30% Rashala, you know what I mean? Is like, okay, you know, you might take me all day to find him. But if you're not necessarily <coughs> looking for him, if you're just playing, we've talked about this so many times. If you're just playing raids, the more things that can dynamically happen... It's awesome. Like yep. we had, I don't know what the chances are of this, but two raids in a row, we had the Bloodhounds at Fortress and the Goons at Fortress. Fuck off. And then two, and then we we, we wiped them and then we were like, whoa, we went back into customs and again. And it was because that's crazy. You hear the Goons have their own English voice taunts. You have the Bloodhounds who have their new and they're all yelling and shooting and like we're shooting at everybody and we wiped them and it's like they're all shooting at you pre-firing through walls. Of course, walls. yes. They're broken. Throwing grenades. They're definitely <laughs> they're definitely awful. But for a brief moment, you like we get a taste of like and then that raid where he we were like um we were like, let's go. You know, we could find cultists, the insomnia. Cultists and the bloodhounds were there that raid. And so there's like these brief moments of like, wait a minute. Maybe the game could one day not exclusively be about PvP. Yeah. Right? Like, because we wiped the bloodhounds and the goons and we're like, we got to go. We're not like, well, there's no PvP. We're like, there's good loot everywhere. This is cool. I'm hurt. My armor's busted. Let's get out of here. You know what I mean? Now... That moment is fleeting because we were fighting the, the cultists and I'd killed two and there were three of us and we were all crowded around the door that they, you know, they're going to push. So I was like, you guys stay here. I'm going to wrap around and I'm full sprinting, hardcover, hardcover, hardcover. It's, it's in customs. It's, it's not worth explaining where basically it's, I'm running along the side of a building there's five feet of open and then there's a, a blue fence where you can pen it, but at least I would they wouldn't have line of sight on me. Full sprinting, jump across that five feet of fence, feet hit the ground, fall over dead. 762 BP, iron sight, SKS from a cultist, and he wall banged me. We frame by framed it. I was well past cover. I thought it was desync, but you see the spark on the fence. He just wall bangs me. So it's like that moment is so fleeting where you feel like this is so sick. So many things are dynamically happening in raid. This feels so good. And then you just get hit by a freight train of the suck. You know what I mean? And we were talking, you know, they they spent the next 20 minutes finishing up the cultists and the bloodhounds. So I we was talking with chat and I was like, man, like think about how much potential fun was there if he had hit me in the leg or the thorax yeah. or the arm. You know, like, I want him to see me. I don't want him to be stupid. I want him to see me. I want him to shoot at me. And I maybe even want him to hit me because then my stress level goes up. But the just like the just you don't get to play the game button is not fun. Yeah. You know, like it, it make it takes the, the best part of what's happening right now, which is that we came to we came to customs for PVP. We we're looking for insomnia kills. We got sidetracked by the the cultists and the bloodhounds showed up. So like. The game that the game design is working, it's working. We're our heart rates are up. We're trying to figure out what the best strategy is. We're communicating with each other. Things are happening. The game design is working, and then it's just like no. 
You know what I mean? There's no time to recover. There's no mistake I made. It's just, nope, you don't get to play. I feel like the game really needs to, like, like Tarkov really should do everything it can to keep you alive. Yeah. To a reasonable degree. Of course. Of course. That's within its control. Like, yeah. I, I, I still feel like 98% of your deaths should be to players, you know? And, yeah. uh, Maybe not 98%, but the vast majority should be players, whereas I think it's probably like 50-50. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. And so, so like, and it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't want the cultists to not be a threat. I want the the baddest of the bad, you know what I mean, to be the threat, the goons, the the cultists. I do. We talked a lot about the cultists. The cultists, like, inherently flip their own design on their head, right? Like, one cultist will try to swipe at you, and then they all go turbo sentry mode where they have 360 degree vision they don't make footsteps and once you kill one of them they will not try to knife you anymore so it's like the whole lore of them is they they'd rather poison you and do their thing yep. they added this they added the poison mechanic into the game for these guys they made them i can i can accept no footsteps if they're always trying to poison me and will only swap to their guns in an emergency but it's not. It's no footsteps, 360 degree radius, 100% accuracy, best ammo in the game. Wall bang you. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I want them to be a threat. Uh, you know, my, my thing is I always, I, I think it makes sense that like the, the longer you're in an engagement, the higher their accuracy gets. You know what I mean? I don't know how easy that is to code, but like that's something that like when the engagement... Trivial. Op- Trivial. When the engagement opens... Boom, 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 boom. They're not just insta, like, you know what I mean? Like, bopping you. I mean, you can still spawn. You can still spawn outside of Crackhouse um, in view of Fortress. And if the goons spawn on Fortress, I've still seen clips where they spawn and you just fall over dead to Bird Eye. PMC raid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, their first shot, the engagement opening... It's almost never when you're up in their face, something like the goons, right? They're they're engaging you far, so their accuracy can be low. They're scaring you. They're throwing nades. They're yelling. They're running. And then as the engagement continues, if you can't, like, sufficiently do that, then their accuracy starts to increase a little bit and, you know, is focused on, like, I, I don't know. I The people people always come at, come at me with the, like, but they need to be a threat, but they need to be a threat, but they need to be a threat. But it's, like, the threat should be, like, well, one, overcomable, <laughs> you know what I mean? But B, like, you know, your inability to do something, you know, you have a consequence or like a situation like, 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 I love that. We always talk about, I love that about DMZ, like the, the, the AI were like easy, the AI in DMZ, especially the like first weekend, were like the pinnacle of like what that, that those people are afraid of in Tarkov, like they're farmable, they're easy, they're, they're that you can just one shot them. It's like everything. And you would still die to them. If you were in a fight with a player, you know what I mean? If your mind to be in like the wrong place at the wrong time and you get swarmed. Exactly. If your attention was distracted, if you were, didn't have any plates because you just want like, so, you know, everybody always creates these assumptions in a vacuum of a one V one. They're only ever thinking if I'm one V one in an AI scav, that would be too easy. 
But what if you're not 1v1ing? What if you, there's seven of them and there's three PMCs in the area and you're trying not to get them to shoot at you to uh, you, you, you know, lose your location. So you leave them yep. up and then that was a mistake. They shoot you in the back. Now your armor's down a little bit. You turn and kill them. It was easy, but now you're engaging. You're opening the engagement with the, the PMC with your armor messed up a little bit. Oh, man, you're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I should have taken out the scab. This is the video game. This is like, this is fun. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it's not such a vacuum of just like, oh, they would be easy. They'd be farmable. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's so much more complicated than that. And it's, and it's so sad. I mean, it's obviously none of this isn't anything we haven't talked about before, but it's sad because there are brief glimpses where you see the game progressing towards all, a lot of the things a lot of the players have wanted where like these raids feeling really dynamic and there's a lot of things that can happen. But some of these same mechanics that we've been, you know, asking to be changed for so many years are preventing their own hard work, right? Because like the guy that codes the, like the AI is different than the guy storyboarding up. Like what if we had the arena goons and they, you know what I mean? It's like their hard work goes into making these things. And it's just like, there are aspects of the game that just like halted in their tracks. And it feels so bad because like you have these moments that are almost phenomenal. <laughs> Tarkov, Dude, it, almost phenomenal. <laughs> like Whenever I... Whenever I we have these conversations, it's always like I see them in the context of whatever game I'm like into yeah. at the moment, right? Yeah. Like how how often am I like what we can learn from, you know, how we can improve to uh, to Tarkov with what we learned from Outer Wilds or like yeah yeah only up or you know fucking Diablo. Trackmania or whatever. And, and now I'm just thinking about how like in Diablo, there there really is. Unless you're like really far out of your like kind of comfort zone, you're yeah. fighting enemies that are twenty levels higher than you. That you like you fucked up coming to this part of town, that yeah. kind of thing. You can be playing the game and there's like a perfect balance between like you can play the game and if you are complacent, you're gonna randomly get caught with like yeah. a, a corpse exploding and you're like fuck and you die. Yep. But but as long and this is why hardcore race to 100 can't exist because as long as you're focused and you're on and you don't make yeah. mistakes and you pay attention and you take your time and you're patient, the game rewards you for that. Yep. You can kill the thing that's 15 levels above you if you take your time. Yes. If you go in, you hit him a couple times, you get out. You don't get greedy, right? Yep. That's how Tarkov should be. It, like... It's the worst fucking feeling yeah. when I'm like, I've got the Ledex, the last one I need for this fucking quest. I've been looking for weeks. Yeah. And I know Scav Boss is right over there between me and the exit, right? Yeah. So I'm going to reload. I'm going to heal. I'm going to take my stims. I'm going to do everything I need to do. I'm going to throw a grenade to get him out. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I pre-aim and I'm going to be ready for him. And I'm going to be, you know, I have the right ammo, check my yep. magazine. Everything's good. He pops out, insta taps you through the door backwards through his body without. And it's like, yep. I did everything right. Exactly. The exactly. Game, like, if the way that Tarkov is, is if you have good aim, reasonable aim yeah. and reasonable reaction time and you are prepared. Yeah. With what you need at the right situation, you should win 98% of the time against all of the AI. Against the AI, yes. Against the AI. It should punish you if you're cocky or careless yeah. or stupid or bad. Yeah. Then you should get punished. But that allows you to learn from your mistakes yeah. and to overcome the challenge later on. Exactly. And you that just, 
don't get that in Tarkov ever. And that doesn't mean and 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 people get frustrated be, uh, at that because they think of like um like old Killa when he when you could just stun lock him with the Keter. That's what they see where it's like I did the right thing and it's like okay, we're taking what you said and we're applying it to a bad example. Killa's AI was objectively terrible back when you could just leg meta him. Like what yeah. you're saying when we're talking, you're talking about Rashala, you're not saying that you should do all those things and they should all just run out in a line. You're saying sometimes they would go out the other door and then you would have to go, oh no, like you set up, you did everything right, but something happened. Now you have to adjust and do all of those things again. What do I do? Where do I go? It's, it is dynamic. It's not all the AI just do one thing. They run at you in a straight line. And if you've done the right things, you're rewarded for it. Part of that is also reacting to the environment. Because what if you do if you're set up and then you hear a player throw a nade? Now, learning, and I'm saying, I'm not selling this to you. I'm, I'm expounding on what you're saying. Learning, doing the right thing isn't just one way to do it. But that's the beauty of Tarkov. That's the replayability of Tarkov. It's learning how to deal with the dynamic situations that happen. AI went this way instead of that way. They split up instead of all stay together. They naded out the door instead of doing this. A player came up. My duo just died. All of these things could make those experiences different. And you can do the right thing. Something happens. You react wrong to that. You die. But you still get that like, I should have done this instead. I should have yeah. done that instead. And and right you now it's be racing racing against a quantum computer. Exactly. You should be getting outplayed by a cleverly, you know, like yeah. I want to get flanked while I'm preparing and healing. Yeah. I want one of the guards to flank around and like shoot through the window. Yeah. I don't want to peek and have them milliseconds exactly lean kill, right? Yeah. Like that's just no that's hard. Yeah. But what's also hard is the game alt f4ing yeah for you every time you ads it's like ha game crash three percent chance hard. to alt f4 yeah like that's hard and that's punishing yeah it's it'd be really difficult to progress through the game yeah if it fucking crashed on you 50 percent of the time you went to go pull the trigger yep i was uh but that's obviously a caricature but it's it, it's it's explaining how hard is not good exactly hard is not good just like realism is not good i don't want diarrhea yep when I drink the bad milk, yep. right? I enjoy respawning <laughs> in the video game. Um, yeah, I was I was playing on streets and uh, and I was up back on on Kilmoff by Pinewood, and there's always scavs over there, and I heard scavs over there, and I wasn't being careless. And it was one of those things where I did all the things. I wasn't being careless. I heard stuff. I had a mutant. Uh, I was pre-aiming. I didn't see him over there. I turned the corner, and I see that elbow, and I see three stripes. Bup, 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 bup. Shoot kill us six times. We frame by framed it. He, I fall over. Yep. He's pointed up. I start falling over dead. He fires one shot. And then as I'm dying, he fires a bunch of shots. After action report, six shots of BT to the thorax. Like, and, and, and I understand that desync is a factor there, but but if you can say, like, literally, I mean, this is like quantum computing. Like, if you can say, I had the reaction time from, oh, that's a tracksuit, to six shots of BT to the thorax, like, that that was, like, 400 milliseconds. Like, what, what was I supposed to... I, was pre, I, wasn't, I wasn't careless. I knew there was an enemy. I didn't know what the enemy was. I pre-aimed it. I was getting ready. I even got first shots on target. What, you know what I mean? Like, where's the hard? Where's the hardcore? Where's the fun? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't understand. So, 
No, that's just people pretending like they 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 want to feel badass and superior and hold that over your head, rather than listen to what is a very simple, yeah. reasonable, fair, and like I just don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care if anybody disagrees. No, with the fact that like Tarkov the AI should be better and less punishing yeah. in the in the right ways that makes them challenging and fun, but the end result is it should be much harder to die to them than it is now. Exactly. And I don't care if the, the people hear that and they think, yep, you just want it easier. Well, yep. sorry, you have fucking 11 IQ. I don't know what to tell yeah, you. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> yeah. your takeaway. Then fine. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's for no sure. arguing. There's no convincing you. You've, if you hear, if you hear, I want it easier from that. Good luck. Exactly. Please don't vote. I, Please don't I, vote. <laughs> like, I can't consider not procreating. Like we don't need <laughs> any more stupid people. I can't believe I I cannot believe this that that any human being playing this game that got into that interaction with Killa ever went oh man this game is good it's like that's sick like that like like that was awesome I can't I can't I I don't believe it I don't believe it that anyone's ever happened to that it's the same thing with like aim punch whenever I talk about aim punch dude all the realism Andes come out and I can't believe I can't believe that there's a universe where you got first shots on target on an enemy. They turn, they hit you once. You're looking at Jupiter. You die, and and you went, holy cow, just like it was in Nam. Like, man, super, <laughs> super excited about this. I can't. I, I just can't. Just like it was in Nam. I can't believe. Oh I can't God. believe that anybody's ever thought about that. And I agree with you. I just hold the belief that, like, if it, if if the AI was better... Every, no, like nobody would complain. Like everybody would love it. You know what I mean? Like, how can you tell? How silent... can you tell people? How can you tell people you know better than them, Jesse? Yeah. Well, because people are stupid yeah. sometimes. Like I, I just believe with all my heart, dude, that if they silently took out aim punch, no, no tweet, no data mind tweet, if it was just gone from the game, the collective attitude of everyone that plays this game would be ten percent higher, and never nobody would know why. They wouldn't be able to put their finger on why they are having fun. All No, all of the people that are the ones that misunderstand our point would be like, oh, my fucking, I'm a giga chad. I fucking have been fucking I, yeah, grinding, I've been rolling bro. today, bro. <laughs> I'm using the fucking meta gun because I watched this video. I did the fucking research. Uh, I put in the fucking PvP yeah. practice, bro. I'm fucking owning They now. would just think they got better. <laughs> Which would be fine. I would. I would accept that. I would accept that. That. I mean, let them. You know what I mean. That that I would, that would be okay. Oh man. Um. Okay. So that was a long, long. Uh. I I can't. My brain just shut off. We talked a long time about the. <laughs> that was a long. That was a long. That was long. It was a long indeed. Mm. The, the the sky's basketball. The sky, dude, man, that is like the new meme in my channel, and I love it. Guys, um, very much basketball. The uh, the event. Did you hear about the the new event that, that came on Monday? Um, I don't. Maybe. Okay. So remember when they did the event where like there were like seventy seven planes in the sky, like just eight airdrops would all happen at the same time. I remember hearing about it. Yeah, that was toxic because it was just the plane noise times seven, <laughs> dude, all the time. It was awful. They. Tweeted almost an identical screenshot, like a picture, BSG tweeted, that they did when that event happened. It was like a radar thing, a green radar with a bunch of planes on it. 
And I woke up and I saw that and I was like, oh man, like there's just going to be a bunch of airdrops. Here we go. But this event was awesome. Awesome. There were airdrops coming in instead of seven at a time. There was basically an airdrop every eight to 10 minutes while there were people on the map. And all of the airdrops contained. Well, how would you know if if there were any when there aren't people on the map? (laughs) If a, if an airdrop falls in in the customs and there's, and there's no, no one there to see it, does it does it does it have loot in it? Yeah, things we'll never know. All of the okay, so this is a little bit of a debate. So, all of the airdrops had two weapons cases in them. You couldn't keep the weapons cases. That's the debate. Oh fuck off! No, it's cool. It was cool. It was they should have made them a different color. They should have. They, because there was a little blip in the event that was like, what the hell? I can't keep it. Do you remember the Halloween event where they did the pumpkins and you couldn't open the pumpkins in raid? You had to extract with them and then you open the pumpkins and it was like can't. It was like sugar and juices and stuff like that. Their their name, it was like up in the top. Right. Oh, yeah. So they did that during the Halloween event. Must have been the second time that I took a break from yeah. Tarkov because I don't remember that either. These, the, the name of them were sealed weapon cases. And you couldn't open them in raid. And when you extracted with them, you could open them. And they would have... They, it was like the the, the loot uh, transfer yeah. after a scav. Yeah. Uh, well, no, you had to you put it in your stash. And then you had to like and just right click and unpack. And you had enough had to have enough uh, room in your stash to unpack it. And uh, and then it would disappear. So like... They made... Okay, wait a minute, dude. Just Just so you know, implementing that... It was like way more effort than they had to like. Oh yeah, fucking god! They made it so much more complicated while at the same time debating the fuck out yeah. of you. They really should have made them like a like a new color, or they should have been like a spray painted on the side of it, like sealed. Like they really should have made it not look like the weapons cases. But it was a sick event because so many things, bro. Oh, so did you fill the case in raid? No, 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 no. It was sealed. Oh, that would be even better. Well, that would be... Okay, so this ended up not being a pre-wipe event. So this was just an event. So two weapon cases let, and... I, let me come back to that afterwards. Okay. Because that's actually just a genius yeah. idea. So every case had a gun, a bunch of attachments that fit that gun, a bunch of ammo in boxes, uh, a few meds, and, like, some food. All of them. So like I saw scars, scar heavy, scar lights, um, mutants, uh, Mark 18s, like the Mjolnir or whatever, Mark 18s. I got the six shot GL out of one of them, the big pipe six shot GL, um, the single shot GL, um, AXMCs, v- I got multiple VSSs. So it was awesome. So you would get one gun, you'd get a bunch of attachments that would fill that gun. So this was, it was a kind of weird way that what we've talked about all the time, where we're like, the gunsmith guns should spawn in raid, or like guns with different attachments, guns with different builds should be available. So it was like this, they were all almost like mostly semi-meta attachments. They weren't like the best Mm -hmm. of the best, but they were good enough to use. And, uh... But then the crazy thing was it was they all always came with like 200 to 300 rounds of the best ammo in the game, whatever it was. Oh, shit. So like the Mjolnir SSAP. came with AP, all the M4s came with SSA AP, all of the 
Mutants came with uh, MAIAP. All of the AKs came with 7N40. Um, all of the like RSASs and stuff came with 993. So that was why everyone was like, is this pre-wipe? Because it was like, this is just like flooding the world with like the best ammo in the game. Yeah. Um, But it was such a sick event, Veritas, because A, PvP Catalyst that's not centered around like this, this place all the time, right? You were fighting wherever the airdrop landed. And that's fun. Instead of just fighting in stronghold or in dorms and then extracting, fighting in stronghold and in dorms and extracting, like it was like, oh, well, we're going to Big Red to go find this thing, and eight, eight other people did. So it was a fight. Another reason why it was fun is because it's loot you can't shove up your butt, so yeah. you don't have to find it if you can find the PMC that found it, right? So the PvP was much more fun and engaging and worth like chasing people down. And then three. There was just like some aspect of like surprise, like what what is it? You know what I mean? Like I don't know what it is. This opening is... up the loot crate. Exactly, exactly. So this was like a dope event. It was fun. There was in true classic BSG fashion. There was a little bit of a hitch for the first two hours of the event when you opened the cases. Nothing came out, and they just deleted themselves. Oh God. But they got that fixed in like two two hours, two three hours. Um, the weird thing is that it only went from Monday to Wednesday. It was two days. Uh, it was like forty eight hours. Um, it's sad. Everybody was like, "This is pre wipe," and then it just stopped and nothing happened. And I don't know. But like, uh, oh, and you could find those weapon crates in raid. I, I literally, you know, the big green weapon boxes, the ones that stand pretty tall, the like green ones. Um, yep. I found one in there in a raid. That was sick. <clears throat> People started getting them as their daily and weekly rewards. And they were filled, filled with stuff. Yeah, filled with stuff. Same thing. Sealed. So if it's a sealed. So it was it was awesome because you were like, because you could see it. You're like, this is awesome. I want sealed med cases, sealed ammo boxes. I don't want this to be all my loot, right? I Once again, dynamic. I want to be full on loot and loot something and find one of these. And I want to go, ah, bro. That's actually genius. What do I want? You know what I mean? Like that's dynamism. actually a genius thing. I've never thought of that. Oh man. I, I would tweak this slightly. Yeah. And I think it would be a fucking amazing, right? Like in any one of these games, just like finding the Ledex or finding the perfect unique item in Diablo or yeah. find, like any of the rolling the dice and opening up the loot crate and getting the fucking dragon lore skin, you know, like the that yeah. exciting gambling aspect, right? That, that Tarkov honestly like inherently has a lot of. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite raids that I had, had performed the best on YouTube are were the ones where I took in two thick item cases into yeah. like factory, you know, during like the Raider event and stuff like that. Imagine if there was a really small chance, but like a reasonable chance, mm -hmm. you know, maybe like half of the chance that you find like a LedX on some maps. I actually don't know what yeah. the drop rates are now these days. Yeah. So it's hard to say, but like you know, if one out of every 20 raids, you searched randomly and found the equivalent of like a weapon case or an item yeah. case, you could take it and then imagine you could fill it up. 
Yeah. Imagine you could. So what you're doing is you'd have one raid where you're like, I'm filling up with a shit ton of stuff like extra. Yeah. You're getting like 10 raids for one. It's kind of the equivalent of like a loot drop, but instead you're like taking it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to dropping something off. But then when you bring it back to your stash, you don't get to keep the container. It's just oh, it's like, it's like an extension of your backpack. Yeah, it's the equivalent of like your friend lets you take his car home. Like yeah. you can fill up the trunk, but like he's gonna come get the car later. Yeah, that kind yeah. Of thing. That would, would be, be cool fucking too. amazing. That would because be because really then you'd cool be too. excited. The raid would now have way more stakes. Because what you're losing is not items. Yeah. You're losing the opportunity that you had to take out more items. That's a genius idea because that in inherently incentivizes staying in the goddamn raid longer. Because you can't keep the weapons case. So the only way to optimize this weapons case is to stay in and fill it up. Yep. I think that's a great idea. But but I but I think it should be both. I love the concept of these sealed cases. Like I I think they're awesome. I think we should have more of them in more different things. And I think they should be rare. Like super ideal room loot, right? This is perfect kibble loot. It could there's three spawns for sealed weapon cases. And they don't all spawn. Maybe you get one. Maybe once in like 100 raids you get two or, or three and you're like this this makes sense. Marked room. This makes sense. Like this is great <sighs> keyed loot. Where, That's what we talked about. Remember how, like, Mark Room, you go and you find a cache of, like, 5,000 yeah, rounds of, like, ammo? Exactly. Like, imagine if it was a box where you knew there was, like, maybe a set number of possible things it could be. There's going to be three modded guns in this box. Exactly. They might be mediocre MPXs, or they could be thermal the fucking thermal. Like yeah. in Kibba. And, and you, you don't know... And it's like an airdrop that you take out a raid with you, and you don't know what's in it until you leave. And it's like... That would be so sick. That alongside of separately a rare chance to find containers that you can then fill up and don't keep. And they could be named and be different colors and have different icons. And it would just like raids like now we're like talking once again about like incentivizing loot. And then this makes this inherently sweetens PVP because like you could kill a guy that has this thing. These are completely independent of quests. So you're not like, oh, my God, I need my sealed weapons case for my quest. No, no. Don't make any stupid quests about it. Just like leave it in the game as this engaging thing that like sometimes you get the dopamine hit of finding the thing. Sometimes you just snipe a guy and you're like, oh, let me go loot that guy. Oh my God, he had the thing. Like it makes everything, it makes looting, it makes PVE and just looting more rewarding. It can make PVP more rewarding. It can make it all more fun and interesting. It can raise, it can bring back the stakes because that's what's missing in Tarkov there's the huge divide where the, the chats, like the people who've played a long time, don't feel stakes ever because they can just get everything all the time. And then everyone who's new to the game, it's all stakes all the time. Yeah. I only have 200,000 rubles in my stash. It's all stakes. This is a way to give those people more loot if they extract with these things without, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here. These people, <laughs> the casuals get more loot because they have the, uh, the potential to extract with things and, um, while not making anything harder for them because these things aren't related to their quests. And then the, the the people who play a ton now have more at stake and feel more invested into the raids. So, dude, they need to introduce, like like they did here, some sort of locked container or like a disposable container at one yeah. time. Or even, like, if you want it, you know, people are going to be like, oh, realism, blah, blah, blah. Put it in the lore that, like, there's no way the the key is gone for these cases. Yeah. So you take a hammer to the case and you destroy, you destroy it to get it. the shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, whatever. Whatever you need to do to hand wavy to make it make sense. But, like, imagine 
even having this is another thing that would be amazing. Imagine that you could buy either like temporary cases or temporary containers or something. So it's like, all right, I'm going to take this in. You know, like oh. back in the day, we used to have the whole, I'm going to take in the weapon case into the raid. Yeah. You know, you're losing the case, which was a big gamble. In this case, it would be if you die, it sucks, but you lost a, a one use IOU container, yeah, which yeah. still it hurts, but it's not like you just. You just removed yeah. something from your stash permanently that was super useful for the next six months. That would you know? be sick. That so would you be add sick. the ability to, and and it could even be like a flare. So yeah. you have to go in, you shoot off a flare, and it drops down your container yeah, that you yeah. then take with you, and it's right. Like there's a million ways they could do that. That's sick. Somebody in my chat made a comment. It'd be interesting if 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 so, like you take in that container, right? Like you take in the weapons case, you bartered for it or whatever. It's rare. You don't do this very often. If I killed you, like it's sealed. So when I loot you, I, like I don't know if you have filled it up yet or not, and I have to take it out and open it. You know what I mean? And then yep. it disappears again. You know, like I think, dude, I think stuff like that. But this was one of those events that like put like sent us down that rabbit hole. I was like, this was really cool. Like everybody, everybody loved it. Everybody was sad when they took it away. Like it, like if, if this event was exactly how it was and the ammo was just like, it was a percent chance for the best, yeah, but not a 100% chance for the best. Like they could, they could have left this event up for weeks Late wipe, right? It's like it, it, it was, people are extracting with them on their scabs, using guns they haven't used before. This is a perfect late wipe event that then they can test this mechanic and then fold it into like the next wipe where they just like this happens sometimes. There's three different types of airdrops right now, common, weapon, and medical. What if there was just a fourth one? And something, you know, they could just fold this in where sometimes it's these things, sometimes, and then build on it. So um, so people really liked it. I thought the event was was really, really cool. And it was just like, you didn't have to engage with it. There was no crazy quest. You could engage with it. You could get cool stuff. It, it definitely was one of those things where like the second day, like less of the Giga Chads were just like power pushing it, which kind of made it nice because then the casuals were getting more and like getting to use gun. Like, you know what I mean? Because if you're a Chad, yeah. you're like, oh, I can just buy that gun. You know what I mean? The ammo was definitely nice. But like, so, dude, so it was just like, it, it was a, it was cool, man. It was a good one. Like this was one. They fixed the bug. The bug, the first few hours was really rough, but uh, this was a banging event. It was cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing all kinds of variations of this, dude. I, I'm literally picturing, like, on woods, like, the car extract. Imagine it's, like, a Subaru that's got one of those, like, you know, like, the kayak yeah. containers. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine you could go, go up to the driver and be, like, give him 20 bucks, and rather than... And, and what he would do is, all right, take my container. I'm leaving in 20 minutes. And you go, you run, you fill it up, you bring it back, you you drop it in the fucking slot that only fits the shape of the container or whatever, yeah. and then brrr, he drives away, and then that shit gets delivered to you like insurance later on, right? Dude. Like, that's loot exfils. Yep. Done they could do alongside it with these kind of containers. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, was, it, was, um, it was sick. It was, it was definitely... It was definitely a cool event. Um, gone, gone a little too soon, but uh, but definitely, definitely a good event. And we'll talk. There was there was a bunch of like wipe, um, 
conjecture and stuff like that. But before we move on to some more Tarkov-related things, I want to take a second and thank the second sponsor for this episode, and that is BetterHelp. Um, BetterHelp is an online platform that you can get um, therapy and counseling. This is something else that we talk about all the time, and we're happy, happy to um, be a part of. Uh, BetterHelp is awesome. We both have had experiences with them, and uh, there's, um, they're just, they're, they're awesome for sure. I mean, like, I can't endorse uh, a sponsor more yeah. than saying that you know, me getting therapy, you know, initiating all of that stuff <laughs> through BetterHelp, like, literally changed my life. Yeah. In a, in a meaningful way, uh, you know, recently with all the shit that's that's gone on. But in the last few years, between all the stuff with COVID, between all the yep. stuff with family stuff, my grandmother, you know, like there's sometimes you just got a lot of shit, you know, you got to work through, you got to deal with, uh, you know, depression is real. Mental health issues are real. Yep. And uh, I mean, I can't I can't I can't say enough how how significant yep. a service like BetterHelp is yep. that make makes something arguably the most important thing. Yep. Your literal well-being yep. um, so accessible. And so. this isn't something, yeah, like you said, I think it's like a super important to like that we're honest about. Like this isn't just something that we're like, yeah, sure, but I hope it's great. Like we have both, I have been through tons of therapy. Uh, you have, my wife has, tons of people I know have. I have had experiences with better help. You, like you said, like your like whole being right now is hinged on you meeting your therapist through better help. Like it's, it's something that we have been through, you know what I mean? And truly, truly believe in. So um, they're awesome. And then and then as far as like features wise about BetterHelp, what makes them cool, what makes them unique is just like how um, comfortable you can be through the whole process of if you have an appointment with somebody and you don't really vibe with them, that doesn't have to be. A lot of times that's what shuts people down because they're like, oh my God, you know what I mean? It's hard to go find somebody to call, to set up an appointment, to drive there, to find a space. But because this is online and you can just do it, you can just be like, oh, what? You know, I didn't really vibe with them. Let me find somebody else that I vibe with. And boom, that's super easy. They have like a notes feature where you can take notes about what you want to talk about or even communicate with them. Like they can read those notes and then get prepared. So it feels like it takes this kind of like to the next level and uh, just brings it to a place that can be incredibly useful and incredibly um, attainable for everybody, which is awesome. Yep. Um, so thank you so much, BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash podcast today and get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp.com slash podcast. Thank you so much, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. Um, mm. <laughs> almost. I almost got by. I almost made it. I almost got by. Um, okay, so in some in some interesting other Tarkov news. Um, <laughs> um, so they, BSG put out a, um, like a little, like one minute, one to two minute teaser trailer of, they, they set up an event, or not teaser trailer, but just like a recap video. They set up an event and they, um, <laughs> I just read this chat. <laughs> during, during that whole thing, the fucking Diablo world boss came up, and it just so happened that this was the one time it was me, level 91, and like seven level 66s. Dog, that entire time we're going through that read, I'm literally the only one alive fighting the world boss 
while like one dude is trying to fucking like res, res all the people and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god um, sorry i gotta get that loot all right no i understand um so they they released this like one minute long video that was a recap of an event they did where they got the Virtus Pro, uh, which I believe is a pro CSGO team, uh, based in Russia, by the way, this team. This is important information. And they did an event where they let them all play arena. And they... they Tarkov Arena? Yeah, Tarkov Arena. Yeah, what the fuck? And, um, and they, they did this... Um, they did this thing where they just like let them play for a day. Like there, it was just like a highlight reel of like Nikita talking and talking about it and like them like going through. Uh, it was a professional R- Rainbow Six team. Okay, I thought it was CSGO. I-, I don't know. I don't know esports, but it's an esports team that based out in Russia. And they let them play arena for a few hours and gathered feedback. And they did this little video. And um, and like, <laughs> oh my god, was it? A shit show or uh, I don't know. I mean they I mean they look like they were having fun, but of course, right? They're not gonna put out a video. And they, you know, they said that they just like gathered some good feedback and it was just like fun event. Like, okay, I like I I felt like this was such a like a, a weird thing. Like like it got really controversial about like why aren't you letting Tarkov people play? These guys aren't gonna like you, you're going to let these guys play, but you're not going to let Tarkov people play? And I I just shut that part of my brain off. I was already doing the subathon. I'm I'm not going to get... Um, I'm not at all going to get... Like, I, I wasn't going to get <laughs> worked up about anything. But it was just... It was really interesting because a lot of people... And then a lot of people, like Glorious. Like, you know Glorious. He's legitimately, like, one of the coolest and nicest human beings in the world. Like, he tweeted something, and then everybody, like got onto him about it. I don't know. It was just like it's saying like unjustifiably got onto him. It just got super weird. There were just so many people that were so butthurt that they let a professional uh, esports team. And in my head, I have so many thoughts. One, I understand and empathize with that point of view. We've been waiting for it for a really long time, whatever. But past that, I like, it was just such a non thing to get frustrated about. Like one, do you know that nobody, none of the streamers have been testing arena? I don't know that if they have been testing it, they are not going to be allowed to tell you. And if they had been testing it, they wouldn't want to tell you. And BSG wouldn't want to tell you that they were testing it. If BSG Mm -hmm. was like, Axel has been testing Arena for us. What do you think his chat's going to be like? Every day, forever. So one, they did not say in this tweet, nobody's played Arena except these people. (laughs) Ha ha. Which is exactly how it was interpreted by many. So, and then even uh, one of the community managers actually responded to one of these tweets and was like, actually... There are multiple people on the playtest team that have over 2,000 hours of Tarkov. He didn't say they were streamers or whatever. He just said, he said the number 2,000 hours. And, and, but, it, but it's exactly, it's like, and then people are like, well, you're not making montage videos about them. And it's like, bro, you don't understand like marketing at all. This was just a cool video, dude. I personally, and, and you, no, go ahead. You have to think strategically too. You have to think strategically. Everybody that plays Tarkov 
is going to fucking try Arena. Yes. They obviously That's want such more a good people point. to play the game. That's such a good point. What they're doing here is they have now gone... This is Hyundai making a bunch of fucking Elantra sedans for, you know, grandmas yep. and fucking dads who've given up to drive around, yep. you know? And then all of a sudden, they come up with a supercar... And in the in the fucking commercial for the supercar, they've got Mario Andretti driving, the, and people are like, "What the fuck, man? Yeah. Why isn't Why isn't Steve from down the road? He loves his fucking Hyundai's. Yep. He's the biggest Hyundai enthusiast ever. Why is he not represented? Well, because you're trying to market yep. to a fucking different audience. You fucking nitwits. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, no, it's it's this whole gatekeeping. 100%. There's Tarkov and there's not Tarkov, and we're different and we're special. Yeah. And fuck off, yeah. like. And then, uh, additionally, additionally, <laughs> one, I feel like for the game that they're trying to make, like this is kind of them in, in some sense. Like it's a bunch of little things. I don't think this is all of it, but this is a part of it. This is kind of them putting their money where their mouth is, right? When they said. Like, the biggest meme in Tarkov for the past, like, year and a half since he spoke these words has been eSports ready. Because he, when they first talked about Arena, he was like, we want it to have top-tier servers, and we want it to be basically an eSport. And it was such a meme. And and eSports ready is a meme when people are like, this game sucks. We're like, eSports ready. This is them showing up to a professional eSports team and being like, play the game and give us feedback. Knowing what they want to do with this game... I want the like so much of this podcast has been us talking about like, do they play the game? Like, do yeah. they understand a player's perspective? And they want this to be a pretty competitive shooter. And they want this to be like some of the best of the best. So they went to some of the best of the best and they said, play our game. You can provide a perspective we cannot provide for ourselves. It is the exact feedback we have been giving for so long. It doesn't, It, it, it they, they in no way said this is the only people who've played and these are the only opinions we're listening to. It's, it's, it, it's a genius move. It's a genius move. It's a, but only, so here's the thing. I still am skeptical. Oh yeah, like, it doesn't I think, mean Arena is going to be good. Dog shit yeah, and they're, they're going to drop the ball. It I doesn't hope mean wrong. it's going to be good at all. But but, but it's imagine so a world. Moves. Imagine a world where fucking like Olaf Meister or Get Right or Simple, like fucking CS:GO pros, yeah, like legends, where they're like, we played Arena, the tick rate, amazing. Yep, the fucking maps were amazing. I love the game mode, super competitive. Like, imagine that endorsement is like game changing. Yep. That that that's where if you're like if you're Nikita Alternate Universe dreaming about fucking EFT Esports Festival 2027 yep. for the million dollar prize, where you've got fucking you know Cloud Nine yep. against fucking ninjas in pajamas. <laughs> Which is actually an esports team. What? <laughs> yeah, Nip. Um, okay. like, like competing in Tarkov Arena, and it's a great game. Like Valorant, like CS:GO, it actually becomes like a real. Yep. Then this is a genius move. Yep. If they're doing everything right and everything is like, yep. then that's great. 
Now, I don't think that's the case. 100%. I think it's a, I think it's a genius move where they didn't get all their ducks in a row. You know, I, I feel like it's likely. My gut is telling me where it's like, if you were to ask them right now, they'd be like, oh, I can't really tell you about it because I'm under NDA. Yeah. Meaning I can't tell you anything bad about it. Yeah. But again, I'm just yeah. dreaming because I haven't fucking played the game and I have no idea what but that's what the thing is like. Is that like I've said a million times, like for sure, Battlestate Games has earned criticism, has earned maybe even some pessimism. Like, you know what I mean? Don't believe everything. Don't just believe it's going to be good. Don't just believe the patch is going to be perfect. But that's different than, yeah, whatever, whatever this was where people were just like, mad and weird i was like uh, my buddy adam and we were texting immediately we were like this is so genius like this is so good i hope that they get good feedback you know what i mean it's like and it's like i know that like i'm not gonna say this about the entire community you know what i mean obviously because I, I love the community and we talk all the time about how 99 percent of the community are the people hanging in chat that are awesome and that are vibing but it's like the last person I want giving advice and feedback is the guy arguing with me that aim punch is good for the game. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's like you get, you give it to the Tarkov community. What does the entire Tarkov community agree on? The Tarkov community is toxic. Like ev everyone thinks they're the not toxic one and they all say the Tarkov community is toxic. So it's like, what do you, yeah, like give it to them. You know what I mean? For feedback on what, you know. We're not getting one tapped by scavs enough. Give it to all the jaded fucking like, I don't care how good it is. If they gave it to me yesterday, I'd be like, it's dog shit. Yeah. I, just because I'm so fucking annoyed yeah, with the game yeah. and jaded and over right now that I would not be an objective. Right. They probably want fresh eyes in a new community with a new audience that might entice new people to come into the game. Yeah. Which like they're a business, right? Like that's the whole point. Is to like market, yeah. And, and historically, BSG has done zero marketing. Zero. Yeah, they've done as much marketing as they've done R and D into UX and feature <laughs> and development. AI development. And um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so like I, I personally thought that it was like a really cool thing. Um, and it's like you said, it's it's all the things. It's them reaching across the aisle to a new audience. It's them kind of showing up and saying, like, we are trying to make this as tight of an almost eSport type of game. It's, you know, at least some signs signs of life that uh, that they're working on it and that things are getting closer. Like, it's better than no information at all, right? Like, it was just so weird. Now, once again, there was a difference between there were some people whose opinions were like, this is really cool. I would love to test it out too. Like, you know what I mean? And that was, that wasn't at all what I'm saying. There were people whose opinion were like, this is terrible and an embarrassment and, and, uh, is disrespectful. You know what I mean? And that was what I was like, dudes, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, whoa, this is sick. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I, as, as a streamer, as a content creator, as a guy who's devoted my life to this game, I was excited from the get-go i in no way was like uh they're letting them play and not me and once again bear in mind also that this was not them letting people download the game this was a local thing in russia because they were with a russian esports team you know what i mean it's not like <laughs> they were gonna fly me out you know what i mean so i, I don't know like bro and here here's the best part that just hit me too you know what would be a fucking beautiful reality check for the EFT community. Picture all of the top EFT players, you know, in your head right now, the ghost freaks, the fucking yeah. rollers, right? Like all picture them all. I have a hard time seeing any of them 
being in a professional esports setting because it's like a different world. Yeah. EFT arena would be completely and utterly dominated by the fucking little esports Andes who are cracked out like 19 year olds snorting Red Bull and there would be nobody like it would be a different fucking cast of characters at the top of the Tarkov esports community that would completely and utterly dominate and demolish anybody who you think is a giga chad today yeah yeah it would be a next level thing yeah they would get fucking because it's just next level it's 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 a completely different um like echelon yeah of gaming are the people that are playing csgo for a million dollars those are the people that like they treat it like they are tom brady Right, they're like get up in the morning and they play Aim Labs for four hours, and yeah. then they fucking yeah. you know have yeah. their gamer protein shake. Fucking, they take, <laughs> they, they take their they take their fucking Juju Energy use yeah. code, fucking whatever your code is <laughs> for Juju. Right, like it's just a different it's a different league. Yeah. So that's the funny thing is that all of these people that are like, who are these people coming in and playing Arena? Those are the people who are going to run Arena, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the fucking fact it's of the just matter. The truth. It ain't gonna be me. It ain't gonna be fucking. Uh, it ain't gonna be me. It wouldn't, even, it wouldn't even be Shroud. Yep. Give him a few minutes, and then he'd be, you know. No, I'm just kidding. He wouldn't, but he. I mean, he could, but yeah. he wouldn't want to invest the time yeah. and effort. It's yeah. a full time fucking job. Yeah, he could for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So that was interesting. So oh, oh, once again, overall, I was like, I was just like, whatever, y'all being weird. I'm excited about this. Like I wasn't too invested. You know, I wasn't responding to people on Twitter. I just wasn't, I just don't like care. Like if people have other opinions, that's totally fine. But like the podcast is a place where we share our opinions and that's mine. I was like, dude, I think it's, I think it's sick. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, other than that, there was like, uh, Oh, we got, we got a debate. We got a big debate. So like each of the steps in this chain were like, understandable but the the sum of the parts were a big debate so there's this like uh there's this like org called like the hunt they do tournaments all the time like they've you've probably seen bsg retweet a ton of their stuff kind of like evasion with sigma she used to run tournaments all the time and they and and the hunt does they're just like duo tournaments souls tournaments they've you know gotten it down to a science it's it's really cool i don't really compete i'm not very competitive they did a really clever thing where they posted a picture and it was in Russian and it was like details of their next tournament. And it looked like a pre-wipe event picture. You know? You know how Wait, like who tweeted it? The, the... hunt. They okay. made an image that looked similar and it was like it was just like a it was like a meme. You know what I mean? It was like they tweeted it, but BSG retweeted it. Oh god. And so which, once again, isn't inherently a wrong thing. BSG loves supporting the people that do the things, and the guy probably just like yeah, yeah. Like, you know, retweeted it. But like, dude, for 24 hours, I was constantly being asked about when Yeah, when's the labs event? When's the what's the event? What's the new event? I saw the thing. What's the new event? Has it been translated? What's the new event? And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, it's just there's a tournament happening uh next week. Like, um, that's it. Like, and, and they and BSG wants to support. They supported private servers, and I think are helping with the prize pool. Like, it's it's cool, but it's and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, but it 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 was a it was a big old it was a big old debased. Um, and then that plus the the debate plus the event 
And the fact that like the Bloodhound event kind of went into the airdrop event and the airdrop event was giving all of that crazy stuff. The like full seems like pre-wipe. If it smells like a pre-wipe, walks like a pre-wipe and quacks. The full like pre-wipe. Yeah. The full swing. But then the event ended. Nothing happened. Maybe we'll get a new Chronicles of Virginia this weekend that leads into another event. The other thing that's interesting is that the t- the tournament that they tweeted about, uh, the U.S. version is on the 1st of July, and the N.A. version is on the 15th of July. So, like, it's not a complete 100% knock it out of the park. They're not wiping until the 15th. But at the same time, it is weird. It would be weird if they were, like, investing in and providing servers for and stuff like that, this tournament, if it was, like, right after a wipe right you know what i mean so like so it's just interesting information i'm like there are too many possibilities this time like you know what i mean like where like they keep pumping arena and talking about it and that could come out and i i I don't know like like there's all the theories that this is going to be a super long wipe we're not going to wipe until december and they're going to give us arena in the summer and that's going to hold us over or we're going to wipe soon you know this is pre-wipe or we're gonna wipe in a little bit or we're gonna wipe and there's gonna be no content and i'm gonna be mad and it's just like there's too many balls in the air right now with like all the different stuff going on in arena and just like i'm just like every day i'm just like check twitter no event i don't know i don't know you know what i mean i'm not committing to anything i'm not putting on the tinfoil hat i'm just kind of waiting to see what happens but yeah so that's that's the thing. That's the stuff. That's the Tarkov. Hmm. Hostess. That's the stuff. Every I do it every time. Brother, have you played BattleBit since the release? I have not. I've been. It's one of those things. Like I totally understand. I'm I'm saving my the dessert. Yeah. For after the yeah, meal. Yeah. You don't and... want to be doing too many things at the same time. You don't want to take a bite of cake and steak and cake and steak. You want to enjoy the steak. Yeah. And enjoy the cake. Because eventually I'm going to be like, I'm sick of fucking Diablo. What do I have that's new? Boom. Jump into battle bit. And then I can get yeah. into that. Dude. As opposed to. I'm I, my I'm half in the pool. I'm half in the hot tub. What mm. do I feel like? Nah, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not really don't know what I fucking commit. I got to jump in head first to one of them. Yep. And yep. hopefully it's the pool because I wouldn't recommend jumping into the hot tub head first. That would be bad. That would be bad. Oh, my God. Okay, random quick side note. Yep. I have on my indoor skydiving helmet, my full oh, face yeah, helmet, yeah. Um, I have, like, stickers just all over because it's just a black. Yeah. Uh, made by cookie. Uh, made by a cookie. Made by a company called May- Cookie. Made by a cookie. Um, and, but it's, like, the randomest stickers. Every time my wife would get a sticker from whatever, she'd... one of the things I had was from, like, a pool. <laughs> um. Oh no no! It was um a step ladder that we got for like Christmas from like her parents, like a a, a little okay. utility ladder. Yeah. And it, it, the sticker was like, you know, beware, kind of like, don't be an idiot on the step ladder. Yeah. And, and it said, "You can be paralyzed." And I took the sticker and I put it on because I spend like most of my time when I'm flying upside down. Uh, so I put the sticker on upside down oh, so that when I'm upside down, God. you can read it. And the last time I flew, I took my niece, who was seven, and there was a bunch of other little kids there. And the mom, like, saw the sticker and, like, genuinely, my sticker on my helmet almost convinced her, like, that she didn't want 
She's like, why does your helmet say you can be paralyzed? I'm like, uh, because sticker, there was a, and she's like, is this dangerous? Like, can oh, I talk? And like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> I almost like had them lose a sale because of the fucking, you can be paralyzed. Your sticker. sticker. That's hilarious. That's a little mini story time. Yeah. Mini story time. Um, but dude, battle bit has been such a breath of fresh air, dude. Oh, so, my so good. So like, even when I played the beta, I, we had that thing where I was like, man, I was like, it's so good to play a game that like, you know, the movement's fluid and it feels good and it has a lot of these things. But even then, even playing the beta, I like, I never really got into Battlefield style games. Like I never really got into like the big 64 v 64 taking objectives like, and, uh, and I just like, and so while as soon as I hopped in once again, I was I was immediately addicted to the the fluidity of the movement and the gunplay and the hit reg and the net code. And you were just like everything about shooting in that game and moving was such a breath of fresh air from Tarkov. And I'm really glad because that carried me over the hump after like an hour or two of playing. I was like, man, I just feel like I'm just like spawn, run, die, spawn, run, die, spawn, run, die. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how I always felt playing Battlefield. And the just just the addiction to the movement, and because I was doing the subathon, it took me over the hump, and I am in love with this game now. Like just like figuring it out and being like, okay, I I like going out on the flanks and isolating like one v twos. I like finding people who are like in little squads of people trying to flank us and taking out all of them instead of just like sitting in the meat grinder that is like the middle of the map where everybody's just dying over and over and over again. And like airway, I always go the longest way possible just so I can walk up behind like four dudes yep. on like a fucking, you know, they got their guns mounted and they're like shooting. And you're just like, dude, you know, 100%. But, but usually what happens is I get sniped and my whole team's like, we need to take B. What are you doing? I'm like, bro, I'm fucking I'm, I'm playing yep. a rogue here, man. Yep. Airing has been like taking boats out to the literal corner of the map. To just like see how far he can snipe. He's hit like 1900 meter snipes on people. Like sniping in that game feels so satisfying, dude. It does. It the feels. Zeroing and the optics yes. and the weapon drop. It just feels. Yep. I watched him. I watched him. I, I think it was 1400 meters. It was somewhere in 12 to 1400 meters. We were watching him. I was like getting ready for the podcast. And I think he sank six in a row headshots. Just like 1400 meters. Boom. Boom. He just had this zero dialed in and they were sniping. So they were standing still and he was just like, gunk, gunk, gunk. Do they still have this, the glint, the scope yeah. glint. Yeah. So scope glint for anything six power or above. If you're on the recon class, you can equip binoculars, which don't have glint. So you can spot people first. And uh, what some people do either for um, smaller maps or if you're just a giga chad, uh, the 4X scopes don't. So like an Elcan or like an ACOG don't yeah. have scope glint. So on like smaller maps that you still can snipe, you're just like beaming people. Um, and then there's also an equipment you can use that's a fake scope glint. You set it up and it's just a glint that the other people see. Um, oh, good fucking. Oh, God. Yeah. But like, dude, it just I finally like gotten over the hump and like and what's what the other thing that's crazy that almost like scared me away from like really investing in the game was just like and this isn't a thing to complain about but the amount of content there's like 20 maps 
And like and they're huge. And like 18 game modes. And if you go 34, if you're in 32v32 and you're playing Rush, it just cuts a section of the map. And the maps are so huge and so detailed. I thought I was playing a new map. It's just I, I was playing 127v127 and I never ran into this building. But this oh, is where Rush is. Yeah. So like it, dude, the maps are huge. There's so many of them. There's so many game modes, dude. There's even night. There's night so versions good, yeah. of all the maps where you can turn down nods and you're, you're running around with nods. And then there are certain scopes you can't ADS with. You have to flip up your nods and then like long range scope, dude, it's crazy. Dude, the movement is on like, I, dude, I just love the, it. The vaulting and, because you're and just the playing, going through. You're playing freaking blocks, right? So no one cares about realism. It is, I am a, dude, the amount of times I like shoot at somebody, I get shot, I throw C4 at the wall, I blow it up, I blow a hole in the wall, I hop in, I run upstairs, I hop out the window, jump behind a pop, 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 just like while you're reloading, you can shoot and run, you can run and vault while reloading. And just like, it's, the movement is insane. That's like an underrated thing. If if I'm running away, you know, like you watch the fucking scary movie yeah. where like there's the knife, you know, wielding psychopath with the mask chasing yep. you, you're like knocking over boxes and like yep. jumping over shit and like I'm gonna like squeeze between the tree and the car and <laughs> yeah. all these. And in a in a game, you're like I'm gonna go around the car and I'm gonna go around the car this way. Yep. And then, like a game like Tarkov, you're like oh, there's a curb. I'm gonna run. What do over I the do? So the one, the the one stair, so that I can get up because the curb is might as well be the Great Wall of fucking China. <laughs> and you just realize how like the yep. the movement is so good because it doesn't get in the way. Yes. So many times I like look and I see like kind of a small window or like a wall that's like half broken, and I'm like fuck. I panic and I run and like in real life I would like dive through there yeah. and like twist my ankle or whatever. Yeah. But in the game. It just like it works. That's such. So you're never fighting against it. That's such an interesting. That's such a good point. Not only are you not fighting against it, not only does the movement not get in the way, but it achieves what what is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of what you can do in gaming. And it elevates the experience and it creates like you can create a five million IQ play if you can think that quickly where it's like if you if you know the if you know the the map enough and you can see for this boom this vault into this jump out of this hop over this jump into that boom 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 enemy dude reload boom like you can time up how long you're traversing and how long you reload your is like it's dude it just it really is crazy it's crazy good and uh dude and fifth like I could I could speak about the mechanics of the game for 10 years and how good they are and still, I would say 50% of the fun in the game is the VoIP. It is, I hope it never changes because most people, you get some tryhards that are super toxic, but most people subconsciously understand the silliness of the game. And just like when I played squad, it was just 11 people yelling. It was like, take B, take B, move this, uh, Roger, Roger, uh, calling an airstrike. And I was just like, I'm getting yelled at. I don't know. Dude, I have to show you some clips. It's literally just like, like, like the meat grinder in the middle and we're all dead and we're all just like, oh, my leg. Ah! Like, 
like, and you look over and you see the dude who's like fucking ginger with the gold front. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is going dude, on? Yes, literally. And like medics are like re rezzing people. And like, I, like I killed somebody and he was like, who was, or uh, my teammate dad. And he was like, there's a letter in my pocket. Take it home to my wife. And I was like, I got you brother. Like, dude, you I'll can always remember dragging an enemy into a like a, a dead enemy into one of those the 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 um cement like yep. tubes yep. like the construction yep. and dragging him in and being like you're coming with me and he's like no ah, no and it's dude. like he could just respawn but it was but like why? so fucking hilarious exactly dude the amount of times like because there's death voip that both teams can hear and because um you, and if a medic's not resing you you can wait to respawn the conversations like are just <laughs> so funny where like sometimes it's like like dude oh i was playing with uh i was playing with ben i was playing with thick boy ben and i i ben ran up and the guy the bad guy killed ben and ben yelled what how did he kill me? He was still reloading. I swung up behind Ben and killed the guy. And the guy died and immediately voiped to us. Yo, how did I get you? I was still reloading. And it was just like, <laughs> we all stood there and laughed. And then he was like, so we were just talking to him. And he was like, yeah, dude, it was crazy. And then I was dragging him and he was like, put me to sleep. And I dragged him up onto a bed in the room. And he was like, night, night. And I'm, I gave him a little kiss. And we just like, I ran away. Dude, the interactions are incredible, dude. The death comms are so good. The ability to drag people. People, I've been playing medic, and there's like this five head where you can bind. So it's like three is the button if there's a downed player and you want to res them. And F is the button to drag somebody. Well, I just bound med to F as well. So I can drag you and res you at the same time. So I'm just nice. like running out, scooping up teammates, dragging them behind cover, like resing them. And just like, dude, it's so... It's so funny. The freaking, the the comms the, those, are epic. Those reminds me of some of the my the most memorable like content moments yep. from like the OG PUBG days. Yeah, like watching someone jump into like the 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 hospital or the the school. Yep, and they they they're running all around frantically, and then one of them turns in, and there's a guy in his underwear, right, <laughs> lying on the lying on the bed. He's like. Hello, how are you doing? And it's just like, what the fuck? Like these Dude. like meta interactions yep. are just, they just make for so much fun Dude. and so many memories. So much fun. And it's just, it's everything. It's mechanically almost perfect. It's fluid. It's fun. It's funny. It's serious enough to be serious because like it's got battlefield, but it's also got some squad. Like you can set up rally points and you can like build like sand, like like um sand walls, like to hide behind. You can build cover. You can build stuff. It's got some. You could do some serious tactical RP in that. Like yes. I can imagine a bunch of dudes like legit taking it serious, dude. Full on it's tactics. Crazy. Or you can meme in it. And, and like a game like Tarkov, you can't meme. Yep. You have to take it serious. Otherwise, like if you're gonna enjoy it, you have to take it some amount of serious. Seriously, because yep. you're forced to give it that much attention. Yep. And. And I finally found my love for the Battlefield style game, understanding that like you can kind of do your own thing. Like if you're playing Valorant, like you have to be you have to be doing the right thing or you're going to get in trouble. Right. Like because the team needs to succeed. But if there's one hundred and twenty seven of you like 
Airwing will just sit in the spawn and get 1800 meter snipes the entire game, not die once. He benefited the team. I'm going way off left flank, you know, fighting people that are flanking us. I'm benefiting the team and we can all just do our own thing. Like, and it's, yeah, dude, excellent movement, excellent gunplay, excellent net code, excellent server infrastructure. They're hitting 60,000 concurrent players. Number one gifted or sorry, number one downloaded game on steam over the weekend a hilarious VoIP, super funny moments, $15. $15. It is embarrassing. Like, AAA developers need to be embarrassed. And the thing that I've talked about a few times is, like, the, the, the super frustrating thing is that most people will think BattleBit is good because they didn't have to worry about graphics. And that is not why AAA games are bad. Like, it is a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, they have to spend a lot of time. But but it's a decision to invest money and time into graphics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Prioritization and, and performance, right? Like, yeah. think of all the... How many more people... How many more, like, laptop graphics cards can run the game that couldn't run? Yep. So many people are like, dude, I can run this on my laptop and I can play with my friends. I can't play Cyberpunk or I can't play Battlefield or I can't play this. Like, it is embarrassing the gaming industry right now. How good it is, how stable it's been, how cheap the game is, and how much content. Uh, I've never been under 200 frames per second. <laughs> like, I mean, I've got a piece of a PC, but it's just like, you just, it, you can... Yeah, it's awesome. What what I find interesting is like, like, oh yeah, and only three people made this game, by the way. <laughs> three devs. Um, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I didn't actually know that. Um, what I find so interesting, this is like a little tirade on the subject. What I find so interesting is that like a question I keep getting is like, do you think that there's longevity here or do you think this is another fad? And I'm like, why are we considering that? Like everything, no, because everything needs to be forever, dude. Yeah. Like I was like, first of all, I feel like I could play this for 10,000 hours. Oh, because the other thing is the progression. I, I probably put 25, 30 hours in this past week. I'm level 50 out of 200 and there's a prestige system. Like, and I'm like, I've, I've leveled three guns. There's uh, there's a hundred guns in the game that all have a, like you have to get a certain amount of kills camouflages all the attachments you unlock similar to COD where like as you get more kills with a gun you unlock more attachments I've unlocked I've and, and COD what like twelve guns yeah <laughs> like, COD four had like twelve guns I've leveled up and, and a million people play that guns. game for so it's like I feel like I could play this for a thousand hours but I'm like man I'm like what what does that matter like this game is fifteen dollars. Like if Dude, you everything think it, needs to be free to play, it needs to have a hundred thousand hours of content, and it they needs need, to have a hundred thousand viewers on Twitch, or else it's a dead game. Yeah, yeah, no, it it needs everything. Otherwise, it's a failure. I was like, those people. T tell me, you were born after two thousand, the year two thousand, yeah. without telling me you were born after the year two, where we would pay sixty dollars for a Nintendo game that we would beat in a weekend, and it was sixty dollars well spent. Yeah, and it's like. And as of right now, I don't know if they have plans, but there's no monetization. There's no purchasing of additional cosmetics. They did Twitch drops for cosmetics. And I wouldn't care if they did cosmetics, but there's no, there isn't even that right now. There's like, it's 15 bucks. They're not asking anything of you. My favorite gun I've used so far 
is the M4. It's the literal first gun you get. Everybody has a lot. It's my favorite one. Like, there's no gatekeeping yeah. on, like, like you can't you can't even be good at the game until you reach level 100 and unlock the vector. It's like, it's like, dude, watch this for 10 minutes. If you have $15 and you think this looks fun, like, you'll get $15 worth of enjoyment out of it. Like, And if you, if you don't want to spend your money, don't spend your money. But it's like, well, yeah, like, what, what is that? Why does that, why does that matter? What's the longevity? You know what I mean? Is if, if you play this game for 15 hours, was that worth it? Was a dollar an hour of entertainment worth it to you? You know what I mean? I'm probably going to play this for a hundred hours or more. Like, so it's, it's crazy. It's really good. God, I hate, I hate like gamer culture these days. Apparently dude. there I'm, is. I'm, I'm going to, I just didn't know. I'm going to say it like the grumpy old fucking kids these days, but like, it's just, everybody's so, well, it's both sides are whack because most game developers are putting out unfinished garbage overcharging for it and it runs like shit yeah. and they over promised under delivered and, you know, and, and then everybody else has unrealistic expectations yeah. about like, if you put out a game that's like, you know, more than one ninety nine, Yeah. It's then it better, it better have infinite content. They better support it forever. Yeah. And it better be able to provide you a hundred thousand hours of enjoyment. Otherwise it's a fucking waste and it's not as good as even though Karma. all the other games that are had to have had those things that you bought, you probably have less than 30 hours in. You know what I mean? It's like we want it to have a thousand hours worth of enjoyment, even if we only play it for five. No, those are the people that have played One Wipe and Tarkov have spent ten thousand hours watching other people play it on Twitch. Yeah, but don't play it themselves. Yeah, and so it's like I mean, it literally is fundamentally the exact opposite, right? Like Cyberpunk released its first trailer like eight years before it came out, or something like that. Its first trailer on on YouTube. Like this game has it's at every stop, it's on the exact opposite. It's focused on the right things prioritization wise. It instead of instead of being rushed out, like all these games are being rushed to force to meet deadlines. They've spent the past like year, 18 months, two years doing limited beta testing where it's like free for everybody. You hop in for 48 hours and then they shut the servers down and then they learn. They th now it's early access and it performs infinitely better than every AAA game at 1.0. You know what I mean? Because they did, they, I mean, it's like complete 180 instead of like marketing first, pre-order sales, all that kind of stuff. It was like the exact opposite. It was like prioritizing the right thing. Yeah. They've already released four patches, like prioritizing the right things, not over marketing, not over promising, over delivering. And, and it's just like awesome. And so it's just like, I want oh, shit. It just occurred to me. There's three of them. Yo, they probably made fucking bank. Yeah. I mean, probably. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. 50,000 concurrent? Is they, that what you said? Yeah, they had up to 60,000 concurrent. So, I mean, they obviously sold more than... Yeah, hundreds of They obviously thousands. sold more than that, but I mean, like, let's just say $15. I mean, yeah, you're talking, you know, a mill, a clean yeah. mill. So okay, it's like, well, I mean, I guess if it's like if they were working on it for three or four years, split three ways, I guess you're, yeah. you know, it's, it's probably like 100,000. They probably yeah. would have made more if they just went and worked for like intel or something yeah. but but they didn't do something fucking legendary and epic and they'll probably they'll make more money than that yeah so 
it's just been awesome. It's been awesome to see like a lot of YouTubers be like, this game is awesome. It's been cool to just to see the support, how well they've been keeping up with the community. They've done drops and they've done all cool stuff with like a bunch of content creators and like clean's been working with them. So it is, um, it is, it is pretty sick. It is pretty sick. Um, so before we, uh, before we hop over to the last few things, uh, that we have, on the agenda today, I do want to thank the third and final sponsor for this week's episode, and that is Bird Dogs. Um, Bird Dogs is a, is a newer brand that we worked with. They're, they're, uh, they're goofballs, man. Bird Dogs make you look good. They've got uh, clothing, a lot of apparel, a few shirts, but they're known for their um, shorts and their pants, um, which, are, which are really, really cool. They're designed um, to fit really well. They're made of... Um, <clears throat> oh, they, they fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric. I don't know what that means, but it stretches and gets a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice mobility. They use um, anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, and then one of the things that they're really known for is like their liners, like some of their shorts and some of them you can get with, with or without, but like built in basically like boxer brief, built in underwear. They've got sweatshirts as well. They've got joggers. They've got khaki pants. And, uh, and, and we just like love the brand. Just go to birddogs.com and pull up their, their, uh, their website. I love that they are just goofballs and they don't take every, anything too seriously. The one thing that we, um, that we talked about last time is the names of a lot of their, the names of a lot of their clothes. The, oh yeah, dude, that's the, amazing. The Ernie Musks, the Phil Gates, the Jeff Pesos. <laughs> The Lee, forest forest pumps. Lee, I did a lot of coca. <laughs> Christ Almighty! I mean, what gets me, dude, is that it, everything just looks like mad comfortable. Yeah, but also like looks good. Yeah, like that's the new. I've recently discovered, like, that there are jeans that are like a little bit stretchy, and like yeah. you can have like these dress khaki kind of pants that are like comfortable because i live in pajamas right yeah like the fact that i've got jeans on today you know is like uh, a miracle yep um so man just being able to wear comfortable clothes that like look good yeah is is huge for sure that's like that's the lifestyle that exactly I'm, I, I it's like lead, let's so. reduce it down to stuff that can be comfortable that you can wear around that you can go to the grocery store in or that you can go to something nice and fancy like why have four different pairs of pants. Why not one pair of pants that you can do everything in? So uh, it's cool. They also have swimsuits. And, Is uh, that their line or your line? That's my line. Damn, son. That was good. You're welcome, bird dogs. That one's on the TM, house. TM, 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 TM. No, 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 wait. TM, TM. We own that. <laughs> um, But yeah, so, so bird dogs, go check them out. You can go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That is birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So thank you so much to bird dogs for sponsoring this episode. Hmm. <laughs> Dog. Yo, I didn't, I missed the tumbler part. Those, I love those. Fucking yeah, Yeti. dude. That's all I've been drinking my coffee out of. Yeah. 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 Those things. They, yeah. You do yeah. iced coffee or hot coffee? Yes, depends. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's seasonal. It's seasonal. My wife got me one of those like ninja coffee makers. Oh, nice. When I pictured that, I literally pictured like purple hair, twitch, ninja, like 
like a like ninja as if, brand he, as if he had a fucking it's yeah it's not nothing to do with the ninja uh you know like they they're the ones that made like the fucking choppers you know the appliance did you company, just anyway. come up though with a with a like a great branding idea for ninja you know what i mean like gamer energy if you don't want energy drinks just some some nice coffee like a ninja branded he should work with fucking madrinas or whatever yeah yeah oh yeah or like like imagine like a branded espresso or nespresso machine instead oh, of george clooney he passes it down to ninja is George Clooney connected oh, to Nespresso? Yeah, I think he owns part of it. He was like the face of Nespresso for a really long time. Well, speaking of George Clooney, um, this has nothing to do with George Clooney, but I just found out recently that Black Mirror just came out with a new oh, season. Oh, yes. I watched it all. I haven't seen any of it. Obviously, I've been doing the subathon, but like the day one of the subathon, Adam sent me the trailer for it, and I was like, oh, shoot. There's, Are they good? There's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's... um. There's one episode that it fucking stressed me the hell out. Oh dude. yes, I love. Oh that my stuff. god, in like the best possible way. Um, it's. I'll give you a quick synopsis without spoiling anything. Imagine you work for like a company, NASA or whatever, and you're on like a deep space mission. It's it, let's. Okay. It's me and you. It's me and you, and we're on a ship going out somewhere. It's going to be years and years. You know, whatever. To keep us sane, cooped up all alone with each other, right, in a box. Yeah. Imagine if we could kind of go to sleep VR, link into a, like, perfect replica, like, robotic replica of our bodies and just live our life, like, with our family. Like, you'd be, you'd spend time, like, like you'd go to home? sleep between work and you'd wake up in your body. Whoa. It gets fucking like there's like a twist at the end that i'm like oh god this is it and then it twists again it's fucking is that the one with aaron paul the guy from breaking bad oh yeah because yep. i saw the trailer and he was in like a mm -hmm. space suit so i just was like i was wondering if that was that episode yeah that's, oh. that's what, probably my favorite episode so far of black mirror there's another one called joan is awful that has um i don't know if you ever watched uh schitt's creek yeah um it's the the daughter okay from Shit's Creek, she's like the, it's like a meta Netflix about Netflix kind oh, of thing, God. but but it takes some like, the Black Mirror kind of like turn. It was actually the episode where I was like, I want Meg to watch Black Mirror. I'm gonna introduce her with this one, and I got her into it on that one, um, and now she's been watching fucking Black Mirror. It's a it's a Dude, good one. That's good cool. One. I gotta watch it. That I'm excited about, and then. Have you seen Silo yet? No, but people have been talking about it. Yeah. So it's I don't not, know anything about it. It's not like Severance, right? Like it's not gonna um it's not the best show ever, but it's really good. Um oh, it's on Apple TV. Finally yeah. I can justify that I signed up for Severance. Uh, Apple yeah. TV and I haven't canceled it. Those fuckers they knew that they of all course. they need is one good TV series and then they're gonna get me to pay yearly forever for until one, season for two five episodes. Yeah. Silo is really it's really good. Um, I'm a few episodes behind because of the subathon and stuff like that, but it's, uh, it's really good. Like if I explained it to you, it would sound lame, but like the first episode does a really good job of like setting up the mystery and like why you would want to continue. It's basically ten, like Rashida this, Jones. Yeah. She's only in the pilot though. Oh, fuck. Um, 
But is like, it like Black Mirror, where there are individual episodes that are standalone, no, or is it? it it's like yeah, it's like a story. It's based on a book, and uh, basically, there's like this civilization of ten thousand people that live in a silo underground, like a hundred floors, and they did that because something happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago to the Earth, and then you're like, okay, so like you're like this kind of makes sense. But the interesting thing is, you learn at some point there was what they called the revolution that happened, where people people tried to basically like take over the government that's inside it and go outside because they didn't believe that anything was wrong outside. And in that revolution that like the government of this civilization won, all of their history was was erased. So and then this takes place a few hundred years after that. So every single human being that you that you interact with the TV show does not know why they're down there. They just know they can't go outside. And in the in the cafeteria where they all eat, like on every floor, there's a screen that just like it like there's a camera outside and it just like shows like this desolate wasteland. So it's like it, that's where it gets weird where you have these people who like don't know. And then you follow a few characters who are like uncovering like I think everything out there is fine. Like but, what? Ten Cloverfield Lane or whatever? Yeah, kind like of. But then even that. But but like every trope. Where you're like, okay, I, I kind of get this. There's something different about it that makes it like interesting. And so, like, basically, w what's great about this show is it's not like a you have to watch seven episodes for it to get good. Like, if you like the first two episodes, you'll just like the show. And if you don't, you won't. Like, you know what I mean? It's like because they do such a good job in the first few episodes setting up the mystery, you kind of just like know if you're gonna be into it. Ah, uh, so this is another show that I'm gonna fucking get into. Watch it in a single day. And then it's going to be fucking done and I'm going to have to wait. Yeah. Well, it's it's not even done yet. Season one's not even over there. They're like seven episodes in or something like that. But that's oh, a good shit. one, too. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm going to start watching that tonight. Yeah. Silo's good. I need to watch Black Mirror. Um, the only other like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of other like gaming news. I wanted to see. Did you did you end up end, end, did you ever end up watching the Starfield Direct? I was wondering to get your thoughts on that. Yes. And we obviously don't know yeah. a ton about, like, what the gameplay, like, content loop yep. experience is going to, like, it's like, you know Skyrim, but you don't know anything about the main storyline or the side quests. Yeah. You just know that you can kind of do some vague things. Yeah, some fantasy so, sword and shield things. So, like, that being said, it looks fucking amazing. Yep. Um... It could be a massive nothing burger. It For could sure. be amazing, but it looks infinitely better than anything I had seen before with it. Yeah, and any and what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, I was actually surprised. I don't know why I assumed it was going to be multiplayer. Yeah, and it's just a hundred percent single player. Yeah. It, it, like it's it, Skyrim. That assumption probably comes from you know they did Fallout seventy six, which was definitely like. In my brain, I was like, oh, okay, Bethesda's going to be arcing into multiplayer. And, I, and, and I, Fallout 4 was multiplayer, wasn't it? Uh, you might be right there. I don't remember. Probably. Um, so, yeah. So, like, it was definitely interesting for them to make this, like, this oh, huge... Oh, maybe it was a mod. It was just... Oh, uh, this huge project that was distinctly single player. But, yeah, I definitely agree um, that, like, what's interesting, like... You watch, like, I watched the Starfield Direct, and then I was like, this is, this will be different enough. It it has to be different enough from the traditional Bethesda games that it makes me wonder what the core gameplay loop is. 
Because like like you said, you just watch it and you're like, all this stuff they're talking about doesn't seem like it fits with the just like, oh, let me go do the side quest and come. They're talking about going on like cargo runs and economies and like piracy. And it's like, so it it seems like the formula that like kind of tried and true Bethesda formula is going to be different. So that makes it hard to judge, obviously, if it's going to be good or bad. But uh, but yeah. I think it's going to be more of the traditional like big triple A single player story based game yeah akin to like a skyrim yeah where you can play it you can experience a bunch of stuff you finish it and either you'll be done with it or you might want to start over from scratch and like take the other path yeah you know because like you know with with skyrim right like you can choose sides of which side of the like yeah. war you want to be on and that takes you through sl like interestingly enough yeah different enough to be interesting is what i mean to say different enough to be interesting like paths yeah where some of the decisions you can make as long as you consciously kind of try to make a different decision than the last time then you'll like you'll have a different experience yep, exactly. and then you'll probably it'll lead you to different places which then will you know like i remember the first time i played through skyrim like i never heard of like the thieves guild or you know like yeah. all these things that you're like oh shit like i never discovered this whole thing this whole side quest yep. you know where it's like oh cool i'm sure that there are gonna be things like that so i, I don't know i'm looking forward to, to, sure. to getting into it and seeing and it'll uh, be interesting you know, i feel like what there, the experience is like there will there i feel like there will be i mean similar to just how skymer skyrim was like like when you beat the campaign you can still continue to play and it'll be interesting to see like what what the incentive is because right there are like thousand planets all this kind of stuff like i wonder if there will be incentives to like upgrade your ship or do something like if there's enough to like even if you beat the campaign you just want to continue to explore because that's something like right no man's sky has nailed it's like exploration i just want to keep moving and keep seeing things yeah. and it'll be interesting to see if they try to introduce any of i that. think maybe that's that was like maybe the inherent assumption was like if you're gonna make a game that big and it be single player it's yeah. almost like I just assumed if it was going to be this massive yeah. open world whatever, then it would have to be multiplayer. But I don't know how how there's got to be some conceit there yeah. that makes it yeah. make sense where it's like Skyrim sometimes like struggled to fit in 13 cities, you know, it yeah. towns into like a story. How the fuck are they going to make a thousand planets be relevant? Maybe exactly. only six of them are relevant in the main storyline yep. and everything else is filler. Maybe it's all amazing and you can get into a million side quests on every single planet. Maybe, yep. you know, it, it could also have a lot of things like, in my opinion, like Skyrim is one of the best games of all time. I fucking love that yep. game. I played it a million times. We're talking about it now. I want to fucking play it right now. Dude, I was thinking that too. Um, I was like, man, I want to play Skyrim. <laughs> But like so many aspects of that game, I felt were like were wide as an ocean, deep as a puddle yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, where yeah, it was yeah. like I could play through that entire game and never once pick up leather or like nightshade, yeah, root or like like you didn't have to learn enchanting. Yeah, you didn't have to learn like you can kind of skip so much of the shit. Yeah, and it's inconsequential. A game like Diablo you actually kind of really need to do all of the crafting of all of the things. And you, you if you want to take advantage of all of the features, yeah. then you really need to kind of do all of it. And it's also fun to do all of it. Skyrim was like, I could spend four hours 
collecting leather and iron ore and working on my blacksmithing skill and make an epic sword. Or I can get 98% of that sword I can just find in the next mine shaft. Yeah. So why am I going to bother yeah. fucking mine? You know, like, yeah. why am I going to mine something? Yeah. Um. So there's the chance that it could have For that, sure. right? Where, um, where if each element is, like, um, like required enough to, to like, get you hooked, not requ so required that the game becomes grindy, but is enticing and fun enough that then makes you want to circle back and do it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's an interesting balance of you don't want to force players to use everything and level up all these skills. Cause then it's just like incentivize them yeah, exactly. while also making the process fun. Yes. Yeah. Like, like at no point do I ever have to run out in Diablo and like, I got to go farm or I never do that. But while I'm traversing the open world and fighting mobs, I'm like, I need to, when I see the, ore, I'm going to run over and grab it. Yep. It doesn't really get in the way. It's not super annoying. I'll regret it if I don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so finding but, that balance is is interesting. But but yeah, so I'm super... Um, it was interesting. Super excited about it. And then the only other kind of like gaming thing... I don't know if you've seen any gameplay of X Defiant. Well, I think that was actually what you said. You had no idea what I had no what idea what... Uh, it looked yeah. like you, you dropped something on your keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't played it yet, but... um. It's basically like like what it's being touted as is like the COD killer. Like Ubisoft of all people basically made a game, made like, but you know how like every COD for like, which I, I don't know enough about COD or any of these types of shooters to say it is or isn't. I'm not saying that it is for all the YouTube comments. I'm saying that's what it's being talked about as. But um, mm -hmm. like uh, basically it's funny. I followed a bunch of Call of Duty people because... Um, like when DMZ was about to drop and it's so funny that like it's just like I feel like call I feel like Call of Duty is just exclusively like rose colored glasses like every game that like had the most critically and like like worst launches like everybody hated the CODs now everyone's like those were the man take me back to those days you know what I mean it's just like so funny um I remember like dude before DMZ came out DMZ came out alongside Warzone 2 and all anyone was doing nonstop 24-7 leading up to Warzone 2 was just trash talking how garbage Warzone is. And hopefully they make it better. All Call of Duty Twitter is right now is about how much fun Warzone was, 1 was and Warzone 2 is dog trash. Take us back. It is hilarious. Literally, it is all like Warzone 1 had such great movement and slide canceling. And it dude, it's like 180 degrees. Anyways, so the whole thing is to like take us back to Modern Warfare 2 or like Modern Warfare 4, like back in the day, the old school Call of Duties. And this was basically a game where like Call of Duty, like Activision and Call of Duty is like um, they've definitely been making a huge push to, to be the everything game, right? Like they have like the pve modes with like raids like proper like raids they've got the multiplayer which is the classic they've got the battle royale now they have the extraction shooter like they're trying to be the everything game and do it all in one ubisoft was like what if we basically made a game that felt like modern warfare 2 and that was it it was just a multiplayer shooter arena shooter game that just felt good and that's all we worked on and they did a beta a while back and people loved it. And there's a new beta going on right now that's open. You Like you you needed a code to get in the other one. But like right now for the next few days, they're doing a beta that's just open. So I just saw it was just like interesting enough thing. I saw 
But it's funny, everyone in my circle is just playing BattleBit, and that's all I'm playing, too. I downloaded Exifiant, and then I haven't played it yet because I've just been playing BattleBit. But... Is the, is the guy wearing the fucking mask? Like, the shattered mask? Oh, the Exifiant? It, like, it looks like he's wearing a fucking... Which I'm sure it was not, like, taken from, like, uh, that other, like, other game where oh. people had the masks. Yeah. You know, the, the masks. There was the two masks. I don't remember the fuck. Oh, I never uh, played whatever. Army of Two. I almost said Last of Us. The Last of Us Army Two. Army of Two, yeah. Army of Two, that was a great game. That was another great, just like, you just sit down, you play with your friend, and you had fun, and that was it. You just played the game. It never played it. It didn't need 6,000 hours of replayability. You Damn, just... everybody's saying it was good, and I literally never oh, played it. Huh. I Army guess I missed two. out. Army of Two was, was a good game. Um, but yeah, anything else huh. you had? No, nice. just, I just thought this, this is game Diablo four that there's this game Diablo four. I can't stop playing. Well, I love it. I'm excited that you're excited about Diablo and I'm excited for when you jump into battle bit. Cause that'll also feel good. Um, I'll jump into it as soon as you're over it. Yeah. As soon as Tarkov wipe happens. Yeah, yeah, you'll be like, dude, Battlebit is so good. Battlebit's gonna be uh a wasteland. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that is the news. That is the those are the things. Um so yeah, thank you guys. Uh, once again, constant, constant, constant people coming in saying we love the longer episodes and we love talking about stuff that's not Tarkov, so we're doing two and a half hour episodes, baby. I know we've said this before, but do you remember when we tried to keep our episodes to 30 minutes? <laughs> that was the plan. That was uh, when we were first talking about it, Like, yeah, we really want to keep it. Fuck. Yeah, I, yeah, I get too much. I, I talk too much for that. 30 minutes, bro. Dude. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys for hanging. Uh, thank you guys for those that showed up live. And if you're new, we do it every Thursday around 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Veritas. <laughs> Uh, this will be live Monday morning on YouTube and on all the podcast platforms. Thank you guys so much for hanging with us, and we will definitely see y'all on the next one. Peace.